This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is... You win? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that is not happy about not having any Chelsea Premier League action for three weeks. Now, it being Monday, uh, we should be able to talk, or we should be about to talk even, about how Chelsea tore Fulham a new one in Graham Potter's first match at the helm. Unfortunately, the FA, in their infinite wisdom, decided to cancel all football this weekend for fear of offending anyone and disrespecting the very sad passing of Queen Elizabeth II. Or to put it another way, for fear of Liverpool fans booing the national anthem. Talking of Liverpool, it looks like our match, in fact we now know definitely that our match against them next Sunday Sunday will also uh, be cancelled. It has been cancelled, so this is, I wrote this when it had been and it has been, so there you go. Uh, I would suggest, not just out of fear, but because there will be no police available for the match as they will all be busy dealing with the hundreds of thousands heading to London for the Queen's funeral on Monday but we're going to talk about that anyway what a world we live in but fear not this is Chelsea which means there's always something to talk about not least the fallout from Tuchel's sacking which is still rumbling on what are Bowley and Co up to and what will having Graham Potter as the new gaffer mean for Chelsea's future prospects and talking of Chelsea's prospects we're actually playing a match on Wednesday in the Champions League against Salzburg. So it would, be, it would be remiss not to discuss all of that. And on Wednesday night, we will really find out the answer to the question. Is Graham Potter magic? <laughs> Which is the title of tonight's show. Chelsea Fancast number 928 and counting. Good evening, Jonathan. How are you? Very good. Thank you, Chidge. Really excellent. Thank you. I wonder how, lo- how often we can... We can refer to J.K. Rowling's creation in relation what would, to... What, the, what would you call him? What would I call what? what call Potter. The, Potter. Potter. Um, when I played Peeves the Ghost, I used to go, Potter, where are you? Potter, where are you? Which I rather like, so I might call him, where are you? I like your Potter. And a Potter, Potter, put who's, out that wand. Who's that? Who's that? That's uh, Death Eater. Death Eater. 
I like yeah. that. That's my folk Potter. But I'm just trying to find what would we'll go for a nickname for him with that. Uh, Wandy. No, Wendy. Wandy, Wendy. Um, we'll come up with something. We won't will. We? We will. Eventually we will. But uh, delight to be on the show, Chidge. Thank you so much for having me, as always. Thank you. Always a pleasure, my friends. I, I kind of, you know, Mondays, you know, I don't know. I mean, I don't know why. I always, see, Friday shows always seem a bit stressful. I don't know why. And they, they seem a bit sane. Uh, whereas I like Monday shows because I, I, I relax on a Monday show. I feel more relaxed. Is it because we know what the result's been? Whereas a Friday, we're, we're in anticipation maybe, of what maybe. might be happening. You know? I we're, don't know. We're, we're slightly going into the weekend, probably just a bit, you know, I, I just think anxious, a bit of anxiety yeah. about us because well, we don't know what's going to be happening. No. You know? Well, I think you're right. It might be a bit of that. I, I think it's probably because I know we can get away with talking more nonsense on a Monday, whereas Friday I feel we're having to be more sensible. And We're very focused because there's always yeah. a journal on and we almost yeah. feel that we ought yeah. to be uh, in his thrall, yeah. you know, in his... Uh, in his um, in yeah. his, uh, I was going to say eek, but that doesn't make any sense. He was sense. good. He was good, though, wasn't he, Adam, on yeah. Friday? Anyway. Um, Fantastic. But he's great. Adam's great. Well, we're talking so, of preview shows. This is going to be a bit like a preview show tonight. Cause without Adam. Without Adam. But yeah. who have we got instead? Well, we don't need Adam. Why do we need Adam when there is there is the, the brain of Stamford Bridge is there? The, uh, the marvellously informed, um, charming, amusing Mr. Mark Meehan. Good evening, Jonathan. Good evening, Chidge. Good evening, everybody on Mixer listening in. I think we could do with Adam as well. Uh, it's it's good having Adam on the show. He does desire, uh, you know, present you know the, the journalist viewpoint. But we'll have to get by without him tonight. I, I, I've moved away from all this you know, Harry Potter magic stuff because you know uh, I'm, I'm trying to cater for our older listeners. Yeah. So for the, for the older <laughs> ones, you could be Norman Potter. Oh, oh is it the clever. war, you know. Clever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or for some of our American listeners, you could be Sherman Potter. Who was Sherman Potter? Oh, now there's there's a quiz question for you. Who was Sherman Potter? Colonel Sherman T. Potter? American TV program? Oh. Bilko? No. Hogan's Heroes? No, it's, it's definitely got a war theme attached to it, though. Um. Uh, um, um, uh, was it set in? Um, uh, it, was it set in um, Korea? Yes. Mash. Oh, mash, mash, mash. Well done. Mash. Or, or closer to home, you could be Brian Potter, Phoenix Knights. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. There's, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. some variations on the Potter theme. Yes, yes, we yeah. could. Yeah. We could. I don't know. There's just something about some him being a magician though that leads us to uh, to uh, the easy. The easy, uh, I know, but you, you could you'll just see they'll just bastardize the Fabregas song and come up with a different version. Uh, your mate they? Marco's already done that, mate. Don't you I read see, Twitter? I, I, well, I, I, well uh, yeah, I don't, I don't sort of like read it 24 7. And I was with Mr. Worrell on Friday evening as well, so I actually missed the show. Uh, we went to see Limehouse Lucy over at the Boom Boom Club in Sutton, and that was a tremendous evening. Yeah, if you've never seen Limehouse Lizzie, wow, I'd recommend you go and see them. I've seen them a few times now. They were on top form. And Mr. Worrell was in good form as well. Good stuff. Yeah. I, he I, never I... mentioned his tweet, though. Yeah. No, well, he's got, he knows better than to tell you that, no doubt. But there we go. Mark, as always, good to see you on the show. Uh, right. And on the show tonight in part one, uh, we discussed Tommy T's farewell message that came out uh, yesterday, I think. Uh, the club's 
absent PR and Bowley blowing money on managers like uh, uh, Roman. Yes, that's it. And how can Bowley make Chelsea more successful like they keep saying they will? In part two, we look ahead to the Champions League match against Salzburg on Wednesday and we take a look at Potter's Potter, Potter's likely team selection. We ask who are Salzburg and discuss how we see the match going, of course, as we always do in our previews. Uh, Part three, we've got no less than seven fantastic emails, uh, mainly about the whole Bowley, Tuchel and Potter saga. So uh, stay tuned for that because I tell you what, I mean, it never ceases to amaze me how brilliantly you all write and uh, you don't always agree with us, which I absolutely love. And I, I mean, I, I, to tease you now, the lovely Alex Davidson has just writ, written, just a beautifully written, incredibly well thought through uh, email, uh, which puts me to shame, which isn't hard to do, I agree, but it's brilliant. So look forward to that. Right. As ever, don't forget, you can listen to the show live. Live. Every Monday at 7pm by going to Mixler, which is mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast, where, of course, you can join in the chat by posting on the live chat page, as so many of you do. And just to prove it, I can see who's in here. Uh, Brian Justman, the lovely Brian, Rob Coombe, Pierre, Matt Young, Kurt. Oh, who else have we got in here? Well, there's more than that, but uh, I'm scrolling. Oh, David Lotz, uh, Monyaki. Oh, Monyaki's in. God, I haven't seen Monyaki in there for ages. How are you, mate? Good to see you in there. So there you go. Uh, Swiss Tony. Great name. Aussie Sign My Broken Leg. Another great name. So there you go. Uh, Chelsea Claire, the lovely Chelsea Claire. Hopefully I won't depress you too much tonight, Claire. I know I did on Friday, but them's the breaks, as somebody inconsequential said a few weeks ago. So there you go, loads of people in there. I won't name check you all because I'll be here all night. Uh, Suffice to say, we'll be talking all about football in a minute. So there we go. Uh, I was very sad about the uh, Fulham game being cancelled. Um, I was even more sad, actually, about the cricket in the Oval being cancelled because I had tickets to that. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, so uh, it's all been... It, and it was riveting to think what would happen in a few days and starting on the on the Friday. I've had bad it luck. Was... It pissed down with oh. rain at Lords. It pissed down with rain at Edgebaston. I mean, I saw, I saw cricket at Lords and Ed, Edgebaston, but... Yes. Anyway, whatever. It's not about it's not about me. It's about Chelsea, of course, as it should be. And the first thing, J.K., that I noticed uh, in the news this week was, um, oh, bloody hell, mate, enough to bring a tear to the eye. Thomas Tuchel, I didn't even know he had a Twitter account, but I, I found out that I was actually following it. But anyway, he came out with this statement, which I will read. I'm sure everybody read it, but I'm going to read it anyway. This is one of the most difficult statements I've ever had to write. And it is one which I hoped I would not need to do for many years. I'm devastated that my time at Chelsea has come to an end. This is a club where I felt at home, both professionally and personally. Thank you so much to all the staff, the players and the supporters for making me feel very welcome from the start. The pride and joy I felt at helping the team to win the Champions League and the Club World Cup will stay with me forever. 
I'm honoured to have been part of the club's history and the memories of the last 19 months will always have a special place in my heart. I, I wish I'd read that out with a like a violin accompaniment, JK. It would have you been have fitting. Thought, I could have done it. I, I could have Better late than never. I mean, mate, I was touched when I read that. I thought that was from the heart. And... You know, with all the toing and froing that we did on Friday, you know, he did this, she did that, he did this, she did that, all of it, which is inevitable when two people are kind of at it. One forgets how much he really bought into the club and identified with it and also identified with us as supporters, I think, in a way that not all Chelsea managers have. I mean, Jose did, Carlo did, I think. There are some that get it and there are some that don't. I think he got it and that made me really sad to read that. The other thing, JK, given what we know about the situation, there seems to be some something of a disconnect. He was apparently truly shocked that he got the tin tack. So it's all very weird, isn't it? Well, or, or was he? Or was this, is he just being um, elaborately um, disingenuous? I, I don't, I don't know. It doesn't quite dovetail, does it, with the, the behaviour that, we've been informed was happening earlier on particularly on the tour and his distancing and his being annoyed by things did he just think that somehow he could manage to and I, I just wonder if it was a lot of willy waggling going on you know I really do wonder whether he was actually just saying um look this is me you just have to accept this so he's creating his own parameters for how he wants to 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 work in the future in which case that would have been a the whole thing would have been a shock but if if the the news that we've got that he was um, um, even possibly angling to leave, uh, it seems to knock that out of the out of the park, doesn't it? But um, it, uh, as you say, I, I read it and was surprised because I thought that this does really give the lie to the whole idea that there was some kind of of um, mutual annoyance and that he wanted out. In which case, I think he was being a little bit naive in believing somehow that you could behave in a um a difficult way coming across as difficult and not communicate with the new owners and expect to keep a job and uh i think he's been um he's if if he had no inkling this was going to happen he really hasn't been reading the tea leaves he hasn't been reading the room at all because clearly there was something that not, and also you as a manager, you can't keep, you can't fail to get the team to perform, and you've yet to be given a vote of confidence with a contract, and expect there not to be ructions. And if you then aren't apparently keen on discussing it with anybody, well, is that not poking the bear somewhat? I think, um, I, think I agree with you, J.K. As I often do, contrary to popular opinion, I hasten to add, but. Um, I mean, it's managing up, isn't it? And and wherever yeah. you, wherever you work, whoever you work for, one of oh. the golden rules is you manage up. But of course, I, I mean, I'm struck by. I mean, this is one of the best managers I think we've ever seen at the club. Oh, I really but, do. Hang on, and and I'm just agreeing with you. It was all, yeah, yeah, no, and but um, because I mean, he is one of the best managers we've ever seen at the club. So I find it really hard to understand why a man as intelligent as he is, as good at communications that he is, very self-aware man as well didn't realize that you know you can't behave in the way that he is allegedly you know be, you know been behaving with new with a new uh, broom in there i mean with of course i mean i do take the point that when he was here under roman he never really spoke to roman 
Nobody ever spoke to Roman. Basically, you went through Marina, who was an underling. So maybe he was just flummoxed with having to deal. Why are these owners fucking talk to me? Go away. You, you, I'm, you know, you're not supposed to talk to me. You just hide behind somebody else. You know, I think, I think there was a great deal of hubris there as well, though, if he believed that he could give the impression that nothing was improving and they're looking at stats all the time and they're noticing that this run with the team actually extended from the end of the season and and the fact that he wasn't thinking I've got to improve this lot otherwise I my career might be on the line the fact he was so certain that nothing would happen is similarly very short-sighted with a new group of people coming in who have sacked everybody else so Perhaps they gave him some kind of certainty at the beginning. They did. They started talking about giving him a six-year contract, didn't they? Or was that something that we picked? I don't know where we picked that up from. But that was what I thought was the case. I thought he was supposedly about to negotiate that. So, uh, uh, as I say, I think if you believe this statement, um, if you take it at face value, he was being unbelievably naive. Yeah, but heartfelt, nevertheless. Mark, thoughts from you, mate? Yeah, very, very moving email message. I think a few things I'll say about it. The guy doesn't tweet, um, so I, I didn't know he had a Twitter page. There's probably a few fanboys and girls that probably does because there's 344,000 that follow him. One of them and was never, me, Mark. I didn't even I, no, know. I never, I never did. Never, I never even knew, never knew he had an official account. Um, um, but clearly, it's a it's a lovely message he's written. Uh, I actually wrote down, like when I was scribbling notes tonight's show, he got it. And you just said that, you know, from the get-go, he got Chelsea, he got the fans. There's that really amazing moment when the We Are The Shed boys and girls, you know, put up the banner to him and that really moving moment when he, he gets shown the banner. So, you know, he bought into everything about Chelsea Football Club. And also, I know he talked about it on Friday's show when I listened into it on Saturday. He, he took the club through some tough times. And he, he was the face of Chelsea Football Club. And, and I think for what he's done, um, he will forever be you know, part of our history. No 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 two ways about that. But um, I, I'm probably with JK on, on this one as well, is that clearly you know something has gone wrong behind the scenes. And it's a bit like the conversation we're having um, many times in the past about players being picked, players not being picked. Uh, we're not on the training ground, so we don't see what, who and what perform. We weren't in the boardroom. We weren't in the dressing room. So we, there's only a few people that know. And yes, TT will put his version of events out and the club have got their version of events. And, you know, usually as they say, yeah, there's you know three sides to every story. Yours, mine, and sometimes the truth, some are in the middle, shall, shall we say. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think part of it as well, I, I could be getting it wrong. I think TT's an introvert and he's dealing with extroverts. And extroverts and introverts don't always mesh well together. Um, I think Roman was an introvert, so he wasn't the type to do the big con stuff. Um, so that probably suited Tommy Tuchel down to the ground. I, I don't have to manage up, having tried to manage up when I was at PSG. So he was quite happy with the previous arrangement and just getting on with the job. But you're absolutely right as well what you say. Um, managing up is a key part of what you do when you're in management. And there's a new regime in. And it just appeared to be that either he didn't make the effort or he didn't quite get where they were coming from. And clearly, you know, they've got a long-term vision and hopes and aspirations for Chelsea Football Club. And I would have thought they'd have given every opportunity. Um, they've talked about sort of like 100 days things, like they've been looking at every part of Chelsea. Still a massive shock, you know, that they sort of sacked him. 
But is there a bit of naivety on Thomas's part that he didn't see that there might have been some kind of pushback? That he could just, if, if it's what is true, that basically, you know, they were messaging, he wasn't coming back. Um, some of the communication after this, like the 4 0 preseason friendly and Arsenal, what he said to them. Um, even if it's not his gig. But you know, can, some, can, I, can I just butt in there yeah. more? Because I think it's something sure. we didn't really talk about on mm. Friday, but. I mean, I was pissed off on Friday. I had the hump with all of this. I'll be honest with you. No, um, I listened in. It really yeah. there was there was two sides to it. You and Alex and Adam and JK. Yeah, yeah. 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 But you know, I I I, I kind of glossed over that point that that apparently Baddy wanted to sack him after losing four 0 to Arsenal in the preseason. And you see, for me, for me, you know that is cast iron evidence that we've got owners who don't have a scooby about football because i remember every summer we talk about this and there's this split on twitter about people who take preseason games seriously and people who know that it's just merely a way to get your players up to fitness so if if Bally was getting his pants you know twisted up because we lost 4-0 to to arsenal in preseason then he doesn't understand football mate and you know, I, I made that argument on Friday that, that uh, you know, Tuchel's a football man. And they're a weird breed. I've, I've worked with football people for a long, 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 long time. They're a weird old bunch. They really are. I mean, they basically don't like people who, who don't understand football. You know, when you go and interview an ex-player, they will give you five minutes and they'll test you out. Does this person really know football? Does he really like football? And if you clearly don't, if you're basically some you know, Ox, Oxbridge graduate who's now a assistant producer on the make, they'll rumble you and they won't give you anything. But if you do know football, they'll give you everything because you are then included in the club. And that's how mm. these people think. So I can see why he was, you know, basically inherently resistant to that and had his heckles raised somewhat by it. But it's I agree with you both. I think it was it was naive, really. And, you know, you don't, you know, you don't fuck off the people who have the power, <laughs> do you? Yeah, that's that, yeah, that's probably a good way to put it. Because, because again, it's still even like a week on, it's still a massive shock. Yeah, he is. If he's not the best, he's one of the best coaches in football at the moment Absolutely. across the world. Absolutely brilliant. He wasn't coach. demonstrating that though, Mark. In the no, in, no, I, I, I don't disagree on trouble. that. But yeah, 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 but. You know, and if they're, they're if they're just knee jerk reaction people who go, he's not doing it, he's not doing it, and you, you say they don't know enough, enough, they don't know about football, then then they might be judging him on that on those performances. The very fact that they were thinking of sacking him after the Arsenal game when he played, didn't he, for the half half of the team was those that he'd actually said wouldn't be playing for the club anymore. I have to say, I thought that was a bizarre decision in the first place to actually tell some players they wouldn't be figuring and then play them in that game. That was almost self-destructive. I don't know what that was all about. So perhaps he was actually telling the new owners, hey, I know what to do here and I'm just mucking about here. I don't know what that... It's hardly the first thing to do to introduce yourself to new owners, to select players you know aren't going to... You don't want to be in the club anymore and they perform as craply as you know they will. I don't know what that was about. There's a, There's an agenda there that we'll never find out about. We won't. And sadly, I think, as Mark said, JK, most of this we will never really know yeah. what went behind it what I do want to talk about I want to talk about I think how the club are behaving um, Tuchel's put out a message which was lovely and very heartfelt uh, Graham Potter also put out a message this week to the Brighton fans which I thought was really well well made 
Um, so far, all we've had from the club is a very bland, mealy-mouthed statement uh, on his departure. But also, I've seen, you know, OK, maybe I'm a bit oversensitive, maybe I'm reading too much into things, but I've noticed two things uh, in, in a lot of the, the media this week about Tuchel's departure and Potter's arrival, which I would qualify as both digs at Tuchel and digs at, you know, the old regime, Roman's empire, if you like. Uh, and what I'm not seeing is, is, is you know, Todd Bowley, who wants to set himself up clearly as something very different from Roman Abramovich, actually putting his head above the parapet and speaking to anybody, which I, I mean, and, and there are many calls. I mean, there always are calls by the fans to hear from, you know, the, the organ grinder. And I don't blame them. But it just, it, I think there's something you know, very rotten in the state of Denmark in terms of their PR at the moment. And they really need to sort it out, Mark. Yep, good point. Um, I don't know who's doing their comms at the moment and bring it back to the whole 100 days approach. Um, Because clearly they've looked at all root and branch of the club of the first 100 days. uh, And maybe they've looked at the comms part and they probably don't think the comms part is working. I don't know. Um, So we'll have to watch, watch this face on that one. It's, it's it's a new regime. I think it's going to take a bit of getting used to the, the, the way they operate at the end of the day. Um, when we've dismissed managers in the past, we've always been a bit mealy-mouthed. It's just the way... Well, Mark, I was, going, I was going to say, sorry to butt in, but, yeah. you know, the thing that strikes me all the time and what I'm looking for, like some paranoiac, obviously, yeah. is what has changed? And I've said this to you in relation to yeah. trust things. Yeah. Nothing has changed here. They're just the same as they always were. Nothing seems to have changed here. And I always remember most of their statements or non-statements on most things that report. If they made a statement, it was mealy-mouthed or they never said anything. And yeah. se- seemingly nothing has changed. It's still, at the moment, it's still a bit like the who, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's still a bit like the who. But I think, I think the first test will be Wednesday night. Yeah. Normally when managers go, there's that usually bland couple of liners on the club website. I think it'll be interesting to see because there has been times in the past where the club under the old regime and the re- regime before it was where they went Bates was there. They've used the programme after a manager's departed to provide some narrative. So I'll probably make an extra special effort, or they don't know on, to actually you know, you know, read the programme on Wednesday and see if there is any kind of club message about what's... For me, For me, I'm looking long-term here. I know you might think that's mad you know, with the history of Chelsea, but I think... You know, having been through losing an absolutely brilliant coach in Thomas Tuchel, if they do anything different to Roman, and if it is about being different now, it's got to be a long game. It has to be a long game. So I'm pleased that they've given Potter a five-year contract. I think that's a strong sign. But we've got to keep him for five years, whatever happens. We've got, we've got to build something that we haven't built for many years if we are going to be different and we've got to, we've got to get behind Potter. We've got to get behind the team, but actually if things go wrong, we don't need jerk. Yeah. As fans or as the new owners of the club, this has to be a long game now and develop the long-term future strategy of Chelsea football club. Yeah. But they seem to have done two different things, haven't they? They've done the Roman thing of just splurging on as many players as they possibly could, whilst apparently advocating that they want to have, um, uh, create a dynasty. They want to create a long-term plan, which, uh, um, according to the stories we've heard, their desire to buy both um, Ronaldo and Gordon um, w- was something that he, that Tuchel, really objected to, and may have been a 
an area of friction. And that's why he just started sending his agent along to transfer discussions because he thought they were being ridiculous. And so, I think, yeah, I, I would agree on that one. I think that's where I am on Tuchel's side, on the whole Ronaldo, Anthony Gordon thing, you know, sorry. You know, especially Ronaldo, other than selling a few shirts, what's that all about, shall we say? Yeah. But um, all I can bring it back to is, you know, I think I mentioned on the show before, when I met Bowley last year, part of the bidding process, you know, what he said to me was, what we will do is we will buy two or three big signings a year. So they are basing what they're doing on the Dodgers model. But what we will also do is, and I suppose it's their equivalent of the draft system there. I'm not an expert on baseball, apologies. Um, anyone listening who's a massive fan, uh, I've never watched a game. Um, they've got the draft system over there. Um, but the equivalent here would be young talent. And he was basically saying, we'd buy two or three big stars every season, but we'd get the best young talent out there. And even though they pay over the odds, which they clearly have, you know, there is, there is a bit, I said it to someone the other day, do you ever remember the Harry Enfield show? Where he managed that... No, 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 no. Where he managed to shop in Notting Hill Gates, you know, yeah, and he yeah, basically yeah, sold, a, yeah. sold, sold a load of old stuff. Of, uh, you know, that's a cushion there. Oh, that'll be £5,000. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. I saw you coming. Yeah, that was his catchphrase. There's probably a bit of that where other clubs saw us coming uh, and we paid way over the odds of some of these players. Oh, completely. But, yeah, it's it's not. Didn't that happen under Roman, Mark? But it happened, happened under Roman as well. So under right, Roman yeah. as well. Yeah. It's a selling club. My the very fact for me that they can spend all this money and they've they've if if it doesn't work out for whatever reason with Potter and they're going to spend huge amounts paying him off and they spent huge amounts paying Tuchel off. Surely the, the, it makes me feel that their the amount of money they have is absolutely enormous. I mean, how many co companies have they got? Sixty. So mm. when he says something like he wants to make, you know, create success, despite there having been enormous success for the past 20 years, perhaps he means he wants to create, he wants us to, he wants it to be like PSG. He wants it to be like Real Madrid. He wants to go that step further. So there is a, a huge inevitability about us winning everything. That's why when you go away and play uh, in America, you do not lose 4-0 because that isn't what, that kind of club does all it does is just it, it sells the brand you don't ever ever sell the brand by losing so uh, i find this very contradictory at the moment with this this these messages they're giving out and the um of being absolutely um so full of money that it's 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 ridiculous and at the same time wanting then saying to graham potter it doesn't actually matter if you don't qualify for the champions league well of course it matters. So that that's being, as I said before, slightly disingenuous. And I also think what was interesting that Adam Newson said that they had a conversation, didn't they, the journos with both both Burley and uh, um, what's the other guy's name? I never pronounced it. Ignabi. What's his name called? Igbadi, I think. What's his name? Yeah, whenever they had a conversation with him, and it was, and they're both excellent at expressing themselves. So why are they keeping themselves from communicating? doing a video to discuss things why are they, is, are they are they trying to create this anonymity in the same way that roman did i don't get that you, you make a very good point jk there about because I, I i'm still struggling and largely because they've not really explained it like you said and like i was moaning about with the pr but yeah. i, I want to i genuinely want to know how how Bowley can make chelsea more successful 
because you know like i said we've had unparalleled success we we are the most successful english club in the last 20 years period so and i think there are lots of areas where they can do things better than roman did you know like not sack managers every five minutes which costs you a fortune i mean they spunked 13 quid up 13 million quid up the wall on sacking tuchel roman was doing this every 18 months um, also not buying stupid deadweight squad players who are shit and then cost you millions because you can't get rid of them. Um, there are millions. We don't know about these, Chich. We don't I, even know. I, I know, know we don't. But I mean, there are so many areas where you can improve on what Roman did and make the club more successful. But the one thing I hadn't thought about is what you said, is to take us on to that next level. And you're right. You know, the next level is is to be, you know, one of these teams that, that basically always wins and never loses and doesn't screw up but you're right it doesn't comport at all with what's actually happening on the ground i mean i I use potter as this example i've got nothing against graham potter i wish him all the best in the world as we all do as we all i'm a chelsea supporter as i said on friday if he does brilliantly i'm happy because i you know we win i'm happy you know but if you want if you're wanting to to take chelsea to the next level and be amongst the real madrid's the Bayern munich's and Barcelona's, although they're on the downward slide at the moment, then I'm sorry, you don't put that into the hands of a neophyte like Graham Potter, Mark. Uh, what, what I was going to say is I think is when JK made the point about not qualifying for the Champions League. Um, if they are truly serious about this is a long-term strategy and Graham Potter is the man, that's going to be the first test. If we don't qualify for the Champions League or Potter doesn't win anything and he's still in the job next season, if there's enough we see at Graham Potter that we're playing good football, because, again, we haven't been playing good football lately. The last decent game we probably had at home was Tottenham last season, and that's quite a long time ago. So if there are signs where this is moving in the right direction, but we don't win anything and they sack him, this is, you know, meet the new boss, same as the old boss. If they keep him and do that longevity they have done elsewhere, then it could be a different model. And it might take time and it might be a while before this young talent they've brought, you know, becomes part of permanent fixture of the first team. But we don't know. We're going on a journey now under a new manager. And we've done this many times in the past. The other question to that is is if they if they do give Potter time and time and time and time again and it still doesn't work. You you know that that's maybe three to five years of a downslide in Chelsea, and we all know that to compete and to stay in the elite level. I mean, let me put it around another way. Um, I mean, I just uh, I, I'll mention this later on when we talk about Salzburg. But I was telling you boys, wasn't I, before we went on air, in the UEFA coefficient uh, rankings, whatever they are, Chelsea are ranked fifth. We are one point behind Real Madrid. Uh, and below them, uh, well, Real Madrid are below, I think, Man City, Liverpool second, Bayern Munich first. So if we want to permanently be in that company, you can't afford to slip out of the Champions League for more than a couple of years, you know, because you end up, look what happened to Arsenal. Look what happened to Spurs. You know, Spurs have never been anywhere near it. And then they get into a final, you would have thought could have kicked on, but then slipped down to Europa Conference mediocrity. You know, that's where we don't want to be. We need to be in the Champions League if we want to be an elite European club. And three or four years of Potter not getting it right will kill that for a generation. Can I just break quickly, Mark? I I therefore don't believe it. I I can't believe that happening. I can't believe that they will accept his his failure. 
because I agree completely. It would mean they would just slip out and they wouldn't be the top club. I just don't think and that it's harder works. to get back in once you're out. Yeah, I don't think that works. So I think this is this is uh, this is all um, you know. It's all bullshit essentially. Actually, mm. and then that comes back then the importance of your comms and your comms people. Uh, and it might it, it might be it may, may not happen anytime soon. But uh, when, when I sort of hear of these things and well, how can you make it better? It just brings me back to Brian Clough and Don Revy <laughs> and that Yorkshire TV Austin Mitchell interview. Yeah. And Don Revy saying to Brian Clough, well, how can you do better than me, Brian? And I think he said, what is he? Lose less games. <laughs> <laughs> he did, didn't he? Lose so, less games, Don. Lose, lose less, less games. games yeah. Uh, but the, the, yeah, who knows at some point? We, we don't know. This is the thing. This is a new organisation running, running our football club. They've only been running it for a short period of time. This is the first real test that has hit them. Uh, and we don't know where this is going to go. That's what I said. We're going on a journey with them where we don't know where it's going to end up. And we have to... We, we... don't know where we're going. We're on the, ro we're on the road to nowhere. It's, 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 it's a really tricky one at the end of the day because I don't think anyone saw... Well, if you did, I'll take my hat off you. I don't think anyone saw last week's events actually coming. No matter how bad that performance at Zagreb and the, how bad the Southampton, I don't think I don't think anyone saw it coming. We were out having lunch that day with some good Chelsea people, and absolutely everybody was stunned at the news. Absolutely stunned at the news. So we didn't see it coming. So this is going to be a real test. Having made that major decision, this is almost like you know Jose going for the first time, Ancelotti going. You know, this is a big decision they've now made. In some respects. I like what they've said. I take Jay from his point, but they've got to get it right now. You know, yeah, if this is going to be building something that's going to be as big as Real Madrid and make it successful for the future, it's almost you have to make it work. But I'm I'm pleased that they're they're backing the manager because the worst thing that possibly happens, like Potter's on borrowed time no sooner as he gets in there. Um but we don't know how this no, is going to end we up. Don't. We can only but wait. It's Chelsea Football Club. I it's know. a glorious the glorious unpredictability that this madhouse is. And batshit yeah. insane. Um, yeah. Very quickly, JK, um, there's rumours that um, they're trying to get Louis Campos, uh, who is currently... Well, he's, they, but he's, he's not really the director of football at PSG. He's more like a consultant and advisor, but he's kind of in a quasi-DOF role. But they're trying to, trying to entice him over. But there seems to be... Um, you know, conjecture as to whether they really want him in full time because Paul Mitchell and Michael Edwards, they still really want Michael Edwards, but he wants to take a year's break from football. So maybe he might tie things over to them. I, I, it doesn't sound too good unless they're after Mbappe, which would be, I mean, you know, Tuchel said he didn't want Mbappe because he's a, he's a nightmare like Neymar is. <laughs> so, you know. But you've got, you know, it's, it's the pattern once again is similar to Roman, isn't it? Who got Kenyon in. As his big signing, that was that was a statement. They're making statements, aren't they, by saying they're going to buy? Well, that if they get him, whoever they get will be an enormous cheese, and it will be, it will say, "Look at us, we're 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 players, we're top players at the top table." So they're not going to get. Well, this is why, to an extent, it's therefore surprising that they've got Potter, which seems to go against the grain with the way they've been doing things, doesn't it? It does. It doesn't totally. quite add up to me. I think well, they must have had such tremendous back um, a knowledge of potter the the, the information they got must I mean, it's, have all, said, it's all data driven isn't it indeed you know? but indeed. 
you're not doing... yeah, they've got they've got a manager who who plays exactly the same way as Tuchel and whose goals last year were as equally bad as yeah Tuchel. well it, it's you, you know data's fine but you're not you, you, it's like comparing apples to oranges and I mean you know that point you made there about making statements saying we're players Chelsea already are players they've been players at the top table for twenty years indeed so you don't hire a Brighton manager you hire you know, uh, a Real Madrid manager or a Bayern Munich manager or, you know, the the big guys, the the, the elites in the world of football. Uh, and apparently they didn't want to do that because they think that, that all that's doing is a rewarding failure. Well, that's how football works. It's like politics. Everybody's career ends in failure because everybody gets sacked. Nobody doesn't get sacked unless they're really shit and the club doesn't give a shit. Simple, it, really, it, isn't it, football? It smacks to me of people who don't really know what they're doing. You don't know what you're doing. Yeah, I tell you what, if we don't have a chart of we're on the road to nowhere <laughs> within six months, we're doing it all wrong. So there we go. Now, I'll tell you what, you know, on this here show, the Chelsea Fancast, we know exactly where we're going. Uh, we have no idea exactly what we need, a bit like Tommy Tuchel, really, but we know where we're going. We're going to part two. But we're not doing it before I've done my usual plug for... Uh, the wonderful CFC UK. Uh, Mark and I both write for this wonderful uh, publication, as you all know by now. Uh, now, um, there was a new one out recently, um, which you can still get. I mean, it's difficult at the moment because I haven't got any bloody games on. But uh, never mind. Uh, next time there is a football game at Chelsea. Well, Wednesday, of course. Wednesday. Salzburg. Yeah, you can go and you, yeah go and get it before the Salzburg match, the new one uh, from the CFC UK store, which, of course, you will find opposite... Fulham Broadway Tube. Uh, if you can't get to the games, do not worry. You can still get a proper copy of the fanzine uh, by emailing fanzine at cfcuknet.net and getting a subscription uh, for the whole year, which will cost you 18 quid in the UK, 40 quid in Europe, 56 quid for the rest of the world. Alternatively, you can get a digital version, a PDF file of the fanzine emailed to you for six quid a year or one pound each, and you can pay via PayPal. So there you go. We and it is, I have to say, it's a very good issue. This one, yeah, you know, it's it's all obviously it's pre tuchel departing, but it's it's a very good issue. A lot of it is around the Tottenham game and referees and that. So it, yes, the next one will be even more interesting. A lot of it will be like our letters page tonight. But it was, I have to say, no right for it. So I probably got an advice to it. You know, I, I read through it. I thought, Do you know what, this is you know, a cracking issue. It's really good to be part of it. Good stuff. Well, there you go. If you heard it from Mark yourself, uh, go and get a copy. Right, we'll be back for part two in a minute. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast, and I am, of course, am Stamford Chidge, and I am joined as ever by Jonathan Kidd. Hello, everybody. And uh, delighted to be accompanied by the legend that is Mark Meehan, or Eddie, Eddie Mac B-A-W-A, to his mates. Am I? Oh, that's my mate. <laughs> they probably sound a lot Twitter. more stronger than that. Twitter friends, Twitter friends. They're not well, real, Mark. They're, they're not. It's like, what did placebo say? Yeah, too many friends, too many people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, really yeah. Right. 
good to be on the show tonight. You know, thanks everybody for listening in. Uh, and again, as we move into it, looking forward to the game on Wednesday night. We haven't had football for a couple of weeks. We haven't. I know it's it's horrible when that happens. Right now, we are basically just about to preview the Chelsea versus Salzburg game. Uh, which is on Wednesday night, our second Champions League game, having, as we were saying a minute ago, screwed up royally uh, by losing to uh, Zagreb away last week. Uh, we always start with my team selection. Now, I mean, apologies for anybody who's listened to the what was not the preview show for Fulham last Friday, but uh, this, of course, now becomes Graham Potter's first match in charge. So this will be his first team selection. And of course, the, the joy of not playing Fulham at the weekend is that he's had... Uh, a, a quite a you know what four or five days run into this where he can be on the training ground and get a feel for the players and I'm sticking with what I, I said on Friday so just to run through it very very quickly I'm still going with Mendy because I think he'll be fit by now and he's our number one Koulibaly Silva Fano as a back three he's going to play 3-5-2 I think uh, he likes that although he often plays uh, 4-2 uh, Two three one, I think, or four three two one four two three one, I think, um, and sometimes four three three, but never four four three. I just want to reiterate that point. But anyway, Koulibaly, Silva, and Fafana, Kukurella, uh, Kovacic, Jorginho, Mount, James in the midfield. Kukurella, James, wingbacks, obviously Sterling, Obermeyer up front. Now I said on Friday, Mark, that uh, he'd play Kukurella because he knows Kukurella. I think Chilwell is better frankly, but I think he'll play Cucurella. I agree. Uh, and I think he'll play Jorginho because, much as we might have grumbles about it, and apparently somebody was telling me that Potter always made a thing when Brighton played us of targeting Jorginho, so one would hope he understands his weaknesses. <laughs> but of course, you know, he's all he's all into, you know, this kind of rotation of passes and all of that stuff. So, you know, that's what Jorginho does well, even though he's passing it backwards most of the time. Uh, Kovacic and Mount in midfield he, you know Mount's one of our best players he's going to play him even if he's in ropey form Kovacic is a great player you know you, you've basically got tried and trust, trusted the new defence obviously um, plus the new the new strike force up front so that's you know I, I, I stand by it Jonathan I stand by it mate I've uh, I've lost my um, ability to open the uh, the page so uh, I, I'm uh, I'm I don't know what's happened. Something strange has happened to my computer. Uh, anybody in Mixer can help me? No, no, that'll be asking somebody to do a, a Mac thing. Um, uh, if I remember from Friday, um, uh, it uh, I'm sort of not changing my mind. It's tricky, isn't it? He come, everybody comes at him with a, a clean slate. And yet, as we said, he'll have been watching the videos like nonstop, seeing all the errors they've been making. And, um, and, and as, as I was saying on Friday, I really would like there to be a kind of uh, a, a revolution in his selection. An outside, an outside player comes in. He plays one of the new boys. Chuck you know, Walker, he plays. Walker, whatever his yeah, name is. yeah, because that or plays the the um, uh, the midfielder. That we yeah, the win. I still don't know their names properly because I, it's it's not through lack of trying. It's just you know pronouncing that they're not in my they're not they're not in my mind enough. Um, but I'd like that very much, just so that we could go in and say, "Oh, look, this is interesting." But I've I fear that he may play exactly the the same team as as was played last week. Having having got me, just might tell them to to uh, once again a huge speculation. You never know what what's going on all the time. But I mean, I'm intrigued. I, what I am intrigued about is how he got on with them. You know, did he manage to get his message across? What was the respect? Were there some players who are annoyed that Tuchel has gone that Kovacic put an unbelievably friendly 
um, heartbroken message up on Twitter saying my 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 pal, my friend has, has left the club, you know, with a picture of them embracing. You know, is he going to be happy to be playing for a new manager or just say such professionals, they just accept it? Or is there resentment? Is it some players won't play for the new manager? These are all the things that come up all the time. Is um, um, Will Pulisic think, good, thank goodness he's gone. I'll know, I'll show I'll show the, the new boss I can play. Or does he say, um, uh, I, I want you to play in the same position he played under Tuchel, which in which case that will be the end of that. You want to go. Can he get something out of Zayek? So uh, I, I really have no idea what team he'll pick. I think from the Chilwell point of view, um, Cucurella, he knows Cucurella, obviously, but I thought Chilwell, Chilwell is a, Chilwell is a, is a player who is, it's got that element of class about him that he comes in and does something that I can't quite imagine Cucurella doing. Cucurella's like a, an Alonso replacement for me. Chilwell has a, a class about him. The goal he scored against Leicester the other day was completely magnificent, absolutely out of the blue, and a, and a, a, a top performer. Chilwell can be if he's fit. I don't know whether he thinks he's fit enough. Tuchel didn't seem to think he was fit enough, but he played the whole game against um, um, what you'd call it the other Zagreb, and looked, you know played as badly as all of them did. Can he get something out of Mount? Mount, who appears to have his stats, he appears to have been absolutely fallen apart this season. But what was that about? Is that because it wasn't working in the three with Pulisic? Did he feel he was playing out of position? He didn't even play very well in the midfield the other day. And yet, once again, the difficulty we had was breaking the opposition down, who put two banks of of four, of five against us. And you think that's always been the problem. And they got the sucker punch, which should never have happened because he should never have left Silver at home because if Silver is playing, as we said on Friday, that goal would never have been scored. It was just a cock up between Fafana and Koulibaly. And Koulibaly at the moment looks is looking too slow. So you wonder, will he make, you know, will will Chalabar get a lease of life? Because there was something going on there, clearly between him and Ducal. All right, he made the odd error, absolutely. But in terms of pace, really top pace Chalabar's got, which is everything that they require. So... I, I, you know, who knows what selection will be happening at the weekend uh, on Wednesday. But he might also even pick, you know, to our horror, he may pick Jorginho because he knows he's very capable of dealing with this kind of um, uh, of playing in European ties. And yet uh, he'll have done his work on, on Salzburg and he might come up with a side that he thinks will beat Salzburg. We don't know how he does it as differently from uh, from um, uh, from T.T., and also, this is his first European tie ever. So he might just be utterly conservative and play a team that he thinks will will just deal with the pressure. It's it's the pressure on Potter is absolutely phenomenal for this game. Yeah, well, absolutely. Not on, on every game. I mean, you know, this, the, you know, <clears throat> I mean, I've just been reading Mixler while you were, were sounding off on that, which was brilliant, by the way, JK. But oh. I was reading, reading a few of the... Um, comments on on mixler and claire claire's got it in for me at the moment about me being a bit of a negative nelly you know i i, I there is nothing i want more claire than for potter to confound me and be brilliant and propel chelsea to great greater heights and even more success uh i'm not writing him off now because you're right you know we, we you've got to give the guy a chance and see what he can do I'm, I, I expect the worst, but I'm as ever hopeful for the best. As, as are you, Mark? I, I don't doubt it for one minute. But what, what would you pick on Wednesday? Uh, just firstly, I think Claire is right. Um, you know, so you know, well said. But I think, I think you have to. This is Chelsea. How many times have we been down this road before? Um, 
Uh, I, I know listening again, just parking that Friday show. The last time I got upset over a manager going was Carlo Ancelotti. Since then, it's just there's no what point. About Frank? No, because no, again, at the end of the day, there's no point. As much as I love Frank, this is Chelsea Football Club. The one common denominator in all is they're going to get sacked sooner or later. So, as you said about, there is no point sucking yourself in, falling in love with these people, just to have it all come crashing, burning down 18 months later. Because that's that's the story, you know. Wash, rinse, repeat. That's what we do. So, I've not really got that emotionally involved with a manager and get really upset since you know Carlo Ancelotti because. You know, I, there is no point because this is Chelsea Football Club. This this is who what we are. Um, but in terms of the team, I'd go for Kepler and goal. I'd, I'd, I'd keep Kepler and goal. As to the rest of it, unless Billy Gilmore or Danny Welbeck's in the side, I've got no idea as to what side he might pick. But I, I'd agree with you. I think the side you put, the rest of the outfield 10, is the most likely, unless, you know, he's going to sort of like, you know, you know, for want of a better word, tinker, because that's the most likely thing with a new manager coming in. What they tend to do is they usually use the last, you know, starting or finishing runner and they don't make any dramatic changes because they want to see how that team performs. They make their changes in games that follow. But part of me thinks that the whole thing about Chilwell, I think Chilwell would be really unlucky to be benched on Wednesday night. He changed the game uh, against, against West Ham. So whether or not Kukurea, and you'll know him from Brighton, uh, could be the third one of a three-man at the back, and he comes in for Koulibaly, and then Chilwell is the wing-back. That's a possibility. I think if Pulisic is anywhere near the team, that might tell you a few things as well, perhaps, about what's been said by the new owners. Uh, but to be fair, he's got a clean slate. For what you know, does Potter ever play 3-4-3? Three, three? Yeah. Yeah. So if you were really adventurous, you know, three at the back, and do you have you know your two wing backs, your James and your Kukurea or your Chilwell, and have three up front, and do you have a Sterling, a Bam? So you're still the same players, but instead of a three-five-two, a three-four-three, and have Mount further forward with Sterling and a Bamiyang, or you know because Mount hasn't been playing well, Pulisic gets to go early doors and plays up top with the other two. It's fascinating. Yeah, it's because I have no idea what Potter will pick. Honestly, we, we don't know what Aubameyang's doing, do we? It would be, I felt that yeah. he put him in because of the pressure, because but he looked absolutely off the pace and awful. He looked as if he hadn't trained or anything, Aubameyang. And again, I know they've said they've made reassuring noises to Aubameyang because obviously he came in. That was a social signing all day long. But again, yeah, as I said often, professional footballers are human beings that. He came to Chelsea to play for Tommy Tuchel. He didn't come to Chelsea to play for Graham Potter. So there's going to be some adjustment yeah, in Aubameyang's head. Uh, and he's got previous of destabilising football clubs. He was a good buy on paper under Tuchel. Do, do, do we, which Aubameyang do we get going forward? We, we have to wait and see. There are so many variables to this now going forward. It's impossible. I think if you, you know, predict this team, you know, uh, good luck to you because I can't. I think he was some. He's stated Aubameyang as saying he's got he's got um, uh, he's got things to finish in the Premier League, which I think he needs to. He wants to impress Arsenal that he's a terrific player. So I think he's got that going for him. He still will make an effort, but I agree completely. He might be he might be awful in the dressing room. I wanted also to mention the story about Gilmore, which is apparently whether this is true or not. He um, uh, Burley tried Burley tried to persuade him not to go. 
And you wonder whether it was because he had an inkling at the time that um, uh, they were after Potter, but whether that's just made up. And But he said, no, I really have to go. I must, because he wanted to give him a chance. Bowley wanted to give him a chance. Oh, the, the, yeah, the other thing I meant to say about Potter as well, did he not, yeah, I know he's not in the Champions League, did he not get some European experience with the, the team that won the, the Swedish League under him? Do they oh, yeah, play in the Europa League? Yeah. Europa League, yeah, that's true. That's true, yeah. but still not in the impact of the channel. Oh, I mean, oh no, I, I know the level, the level of performance. No, but I also wanted to say for the 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 person who uh, I was deeply upset about Mourinho, Mourinho's first um, yeah yeah um, sacking because he for me he was everything the club had been searching for all of these years was a dynamic, abrasive, huge personality who assembled. A, t a group of players who played for each other and played wonderfully and also knew what players to get. He got Carvalho in, which was one of the great signings. Um, mm. And he got Ferreira in from uh, who was, a you know, always seven out of 10, as the quote was. And it was his, you could tell his involvement in the team. It was his, he used bits of Ranieri's team, but he got them all to play in a wonderful way. And then they got Robin in and it with as long as Duff had been bought before, obviously. But so when he left, I was really gutted. But I found that because that was the kind of template, I from then on, I was upset about Carlo and I felt it was unfair. But nonetheless, it, it I was then slotted in completely into the it's Chelsea. And I similarly with Thomas, I'm Thomas Tuchel, calling him Thomas because I've never met him. But uh, he, he is he was been completely brilliant and wonderful and fantastic. However, we move on because it's Chelsea. I absolutely agree, and I'm not. I'm not. I'm not blubbing about it. I'm just. I'm just. Uh, it's. It's. I, I, as I've said before. I think he. He. He killed himself to an extent. You know, he was the. He was the victim of his own idiocy, his own naivety. Well, so, indeed. Well, we'll never know. I think was where we we, no. we wrapped that up last time, which I'm afraid. And, unless. The truth. Unless. Unless Tommy Tuchel writes a book. Well, indeed. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. indeed. He can publish it via Gate 17 Publishing, if he wants. <laughs> and I was going to say exactly the same thing. We know a man who publishes books. We do, indeed. <laughs> right, You've let's... written a book, haven't you, Mark? Well, Has I've he really? I didn't book. know that. Has he yeah. written a book? No, but surely if not. You've been, if you've been paying attention and you've read the first issue of CFC UK in, earlier this season, there's another book coming. Mm. Is there? If, you see, you haven't about... been reading your CFC UK. Tell yeah. us about it, Mark. There, there is a book coming out. I only ever read my article. You know that. Uh, oh, and I know that. I know. I know. You're only... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Turn, turn to your article first, according to Mr. Rolls. Yeah. There will be a book coming out sometime between now and Christmas or early in 2023 called Come Along and Sing This Song. And it's about the 1983-84 promotion side. With the boys in blue in Division 2 and we won't be here for long. Absolutely. Yeah. And if we manage to surpass the Eddie McCready book from 2017 and the launch we had, yeah, I think we'd have done very well indeed. We've set ourselves a high bar, but we're going to give it a go. And having seen some of the early proofs, it's, it's, it's a bit special. I'd recommend anyone... Save up your pocket money for Christmas. This will be a book worth buying. Indeed. Well, there you go. You heard it here first, as always. Now, talking about the game on Wednesday, talking about Salzburg in particular. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're regular perennial winners of the Austrian Bundesliga. Um, they haven't lost in their last five matches. They drew one all uh, with AC Milan in their first uh, Champions League match. However, as I was saying earlier on, that's not necessarily... Um, 
as, as big a result as we might have thought. I'm, you know, when I, when I think of AC Milan, I think of one of the great football teams in history. But not anymore. Um, as I said earlier on, the, the coefficient rankings in UEFA have us at 5th, Salzburg 21st, Zagreb 34th, and Milan 45th. So, oh, how have the, how, how have the mighty fallen? Um, but, uh, yeah, Salzburg, who are they? Well, they used to be Austria Salzburg, or SV Austria Salzburg. Um, and then they were bought by Red Bull, the people that give you wings, in 2005, who basically renamed the club changed its colours from traditional violet and white to red and white and uh, and caused an absolute stink. I'm just going to read you this passage, which is... Ju- I mean, we were talking to the boys about this earlier on. We were all in astonishment. Uh, and we also decided to call Red Bull's company Head, who is apparently Dietrich Mataschitz. Uh, we've renamed him to Dietrich Massive Shits, because I think he is a massive shit. Uh, because basically, um, when he bought the club... Just imagine if Bowley had done this. I mean, we might have been moaning about Bowley earlier on, but at least he didn't do this, right? Because ma- Massive Shits walked in, uh, changed the club's name, its management and staff, and declared, this is a new club with no history. And actually, the club's West website initially claimed that it was founded in 2005, when it actually had been founded in two, two, uh, 1933. Uh, but they, they changed the colour and everything. It was absolutely awful. Um and it's all part of their business branding exercise, as we all know. And they later on uh, went, went on to buy uh, other teams like the New York Red Bulls and uh, Red Bull Leipzig, as we know. And um, there was all sorts of hoo-hahs about whether they were allowed to play each other when they, they played in European competition. But the traditional supporters tried to resist the radical changes, form their own movement in order to regain some of the tradition. And they actually even uh, formed a new club called Austria Salzburg, um, they never reached an agreement with uh, uh, Dietrich Massive Shits, uh, and they went off and formed their own their own uh, their own club. So, you know, they, these lot are a cautionary tale in modern football. I think uh, they've also obviously had Jesse Marsh uh, as their manager until he went to Leeds, and uh, Erling Haaland played for them, and Minamino, who went off to Liverpool. And I kind of got the impression that they're a bit like uh, a bit like. Ajax in terms of the fact that they're kind of a big selling club they bring players through and then sell them on they they made something like 300 million in transfers a a year or so ago they've got a a good track record in Europe uh, but not in terms of getting out of the group stages they've only done it once and they got thumped by Bayern Munich 7-1 at home I think they seem to me to be a a team that gets into the Champions League then gets out of it and then does quite well in the Europa League so they're that kind of level but they are clearly um, like all teams boys they are not to be taken lightly like like Zagreb which we took lightly I think um, we played them once before in a friendly under one of Frank's first matches in charge when we lost uh, lost uh, uh, we, we won 3-5 or 5-3 should I say where was that played Mark do you know I, don't, I, I, I presume it was played in Salzburg because yeah. we, we did we, we did a sort of um, a short European tour pre-season when Frank was manager I think we did some friendlies in Germany and Austria so and I think, yeah, it, it, it had to be at their ground because Cathy, who sits near me, actually, she'd done that ground before. She said she did it in the pre-season friendly. So it wasn't a new ground for her doing it um, in October when we played them. Yeah, so it was it was, away, it was an away game. Mm, interesting stuff. Right, well, um, this is the, the interesting thing. I mean, we, I mean, it's really quite funny when I, when I read these flash score 
previews now because all of their stats are based on history, obviously. And of course, our history is really, really good. But we are absolutely and basically under Roman and we're in a very new era now. And I think personally, I think that that goes out of the window. But basically, Salzburg have got a big ask because uh, they've got to stop us from losing our opening two matches of a, of a Champions League campaign for the very first time. And in fact, we've only lost one of our previous 20 home group stage games. So, you know, it's a bit of a fortress. Uh They've been on fire this term. They've lost only one of their 11 matches and they've kept eight clean sheets. Um, but they're not that good in Europe, as I said. I mean, they, you know, they've only won two of their last 14 away European matches, excluding the qualifying rounds. Uh, and they didn't win one Champions League game away last season. They played Liverpool, I think, and Man City in recent times. And, they're right, and their star, their young star, is Noah Okafor, who has got six goals, goal contributions in his last six matches, five goals, one assist, after scoring the match opener with two of his previous three goals. Uh, and they've lost, as I said, they've lost their last five matches against English opposition, failing to score on four occasions. So it's one of those, Jonathan, it's like, well, of course we should beat Salzburg. Duh! We always, you know, run down teams like this. But... Um, I don't recognise any of the players at all. No, me I can't either. go through them and think, oh, they've got him. He used to play for, but no, it's... Uh... Well, usually it's, oh, he used to play for Chelsea. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> did, did, didn't you watch Salzburg last season, Jack? Plus, <laughs> <laughs> is one of the teams, I just missed them. I don't know why I they <laughs> kept coming up on my timeline and I, I don't know what I did about it. Um, Andreas Ulmer, Ignace van der Bremt. They're not names that trip off the tongue, actually. Um, as you'd expect them to do, not at all in the slightest. Um, uh, I'm sure that a couple of them have had experience in the uh, in the Premier League, but um, didn't um, didn't star. But yeah, they're uh, you know um, Zagreb. You know, hadn't lost at all, had they at home? And yet we took them very lightly. But you can bet your bottom dollar we're not going to be taking this lot lightly because it's. Uh, too many people have got to impress. I mean, that's one other aspect to consider is that you'll have, I mean, I, I, I spoke a little bit about it before, but you'll have players who want to impress the manager. So uh, um, we could play at a and much then, higher. They're not bad players. Thump them. You we know? may thump. No, indeed. They're not bad players. These are, but we they're have not, good but they're players. Not, they're not players that would end up paying, being paid more than 10 million for if you were to bring them to the Premier League. There's the, there's the difference. But, but not... we, we no, I meant we have good oh, players. Oh, us. They, you meant you us. Know, our players yeah. are not bad oh, no. players. No, well, the, oh, the majority of them, well, large numbers of them, um, other than than, than uh, I think how many how many players are not in the team that won the Champions League? You know, all of those were fantastic. One of them, of course, is the the major major injury problem. I'd be intrigued to see what what, um, what happens to the club when. Uh, what, what the level of performance when Conte gets back in? You know he's hanging out, not signing his contract. It's up, it's up in June. He could do a Rudiger, and Jorginho could do yeah. the same. Well, I think the way things have been going at the moment, why would he be encouraged to pl- to stay? You know, well, once again, the the new owners will, I'm sure, do their utmost to. Well, I don't know, do I? Once again, no, I'm apparently sure, they are. I, apparently they are offering a big, juicy, long offering contract. a huge amount. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you would it would make sense, but they might be offering it to a to a player who only plays a quarter of the season because he's injured most of the time. I mean, I was under the impression that they put him in cotton wool and got, got him a, um, uh, you know, all the, the doctors had worked out the way to stop him from from injuring himself. And lo and behold, he injures himself right at the beginning of the season again. So, um, 
But um, uh, the chap here called Dijon Kamiri, I'm trying to see where he used to play for. Um, uh, he came there. He's, he's, you know, they're all Austrian Bundesliga. They're all... Um, they've got a guy all... called Samson playing for them. You, has he got long hair? Well, I was going to say, I wonder, wonder what, what his hair is like, yeah. Yeah, sorry, and, I, ru I ruined your gag. Sorry. Yeah, and Fernando Mary is a beast. He's a beast in the making. They've yeah. said it on here. They've got a Brazilian called Fernando, so you probably hear the drums for him. Yeah. Did did tumbleweed, um... Mark? <laughs> Baboon. No, was, was that a reference to um to Brotherhood of Man? No, it's, no, re refer it's a reference to the penalty shootout. A B B A. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I remember now. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I thought it was. I was thinking, you know, you know, can you hear the drums, Fernando? But that no. Was it. Okay. No, what was That's it? Of course, it was. Oh, so, it was. Oh, it was. Oh, yeah. sorry, you meant that. Oh, Mark, God. Sorry. What do you, no. What do you think about this? 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 This lot from Salzburg. Uh, I, I clearly like JK. Didn't watch them last season. There's There's no players I know anything about. So I haven't been on FIFA to, to research them. But I think it doesn't matter who they put out. Yeah, it's a Champions League game. We're at home. It's really important that we win on Wednesday night. They made a good start. They've drawn with Milan. But as you said, this is the Milan of yesteryear. So this lot could be a bit of a dark horse. That having us started badly, you know, we don't want to be competing with Salzburg potentially for second place in this group. So a win is going to be very, very important on Wednesday night. The other thing I'll just throw in as well, because obviously we're in this period where the country is in mourning at the moment, hearing on the QT um, that Salzburg fans are marching in silence mm. from Earl's Court to Stamford Bridge on Wednesday evening. And then when they have the minute silence in the ground, they're going to cover all their banners with black banners as a mark of respect for the Queen. Oh, wonderful. So, so, so again, you know, any Chelsea fans you know, listening in, if you see Salzburg fans marching up from Earl's Court to Stamford Bridge, sometimes that usually is perceived as a potentially hostile. Actually, give them a round of applause because they're doing a really yeah. good thing. Yeah, I heard that probably from yeah. the same source as you, mate. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I think it's a, fa a fantastic thing to do. Actually, well, well played the Salzburg fans for showing some some proper respect for our dearly departed Queen. And uh, maybe maybe a, um, a team <laughs> Northwest England do. Do a bit of taking notes yeah. and learning from them. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. So, JK, how do you see this going and what's your prediction? Just to say, they've got this player, Sucic, who plays for Croatia. So, Kovacic will know him. Apparently, is uh, Liverpool were after him. Mm. So, uh, he's obviously a very decent player. I think we'll find they've got, you know, amidst the, the averageness, they've got some very decent players and then they'll be... They just need to be put in their place. Uh, I think we'll win 4 0. Well, um, before you, I was going to say, before you make such a pronouncement, your alter ego, JK's left bollock on Mixler, says they're like leads on steroids with 21 year, year olds and a manager who pulls. We're not quite sure what he pulls. Pierre said, pulls birds? I mean, what? What JK's left bollock? But if they, they may well play very much like leads on steroids with 21 year olds, given that they had uh, uh, Jesse Marsh as their manager. That's a you know you know we got done three nil by Leeds the other week, so I'm a bit worried about that. I've got to be honest. Well, yeah, but it, all it needs is an early goal, as it was in the Leeds game. All it needs is if they're defending crassly, the ball has to go in the net. But that's you know down to the players, isn't it? It's down to uh, taking the chances. 
but we should have beaten Leeds up at Leeds. Yeah, the, true. It was just, and then there was an appalling error by Mendy, which yeah. gave them the game. Yeah, true. And, and it all went down downhill after that. So I, I just think that wasn't a, that's not a, a an example of the media made it out that they completely were all over us. But for well, 50, it's not true. You're absolutely right. We true. should have won that game. So you stick him a four nil. Yeah. Good on you, mate. Manager bounce and then some. Mark, what yeah. about you? Uh, I'm I'm going two nil against the home of the Von Trapp family. Mm. Are they really the home of the Von Trapp family? Salzburg, yeah, yes. Yes, okay. So, so, so again, if, if people are going out to the return leg in, in October, I think there's the Sound of Music tour, and the house of the Von Trapps is now used as a hotel. And doing a bit of research on, on the Von Trapps, they actually ha- one of the Von Trapps is called Werner. Was he? Yeah, clearly no relation. No, he was never but, offside anyway. That was yeah, I was going to say he was never offside, and yeah, you know, he didn't miss any open goals either. I imagine. Well, I, let's hope that on uh, Wednesday night, the singing will be "The Hills Are Alive" with the sound of Potter. <laughs> I'd quite like that. I was in the war, you know. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not able to go on Wednesday because I'm afraid this season. Uh, for me, the VAR is over because uh, I work until uh, uh, seven on a Wednesday and eight on a Tuesday. So no Champions League cookies for me, which is very sad, but never mind. I'm surprised, you know, um, that, that point you just made there. I'm, I'm surprised when they're doing their comms and they were sacking Tommy Tuchel. They didn't say, for your Tommy, the war is over. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, look. My my the way I see this, I have absolutely got no fucking idea. I mean, none at all. I don't know how Potter's going to react. I don't know how the player's going to react to Potter. I don't know really who he's going to pick. I don't know really how he's going to play. I don't know if he's have, had to do much work on what Salzburg do. Oh, lordy. I've got no idea. I mean, I'm really hoping, like I said a minute ago to JK, look, Chelsea Football Club have got some very, very, very good football players. Um, we know this because... They finished third in the Premier League last season. Uh, they were only two kicks away from winning both the FA Cup and the League Cup. They shot themselves in the foot against Real Madrid and then outplayed the eventual winners of the Champions League last season by a country mile in that second leg and um, won the Champions League the season before. So, you know, they're very, very, very good players who have lost their way a tad one feels. And we believe this is something to do with with fallings out with Tuchel. They've now got a new manager, and as JK said, whatever they think of him right now, and who knows what they think of him right now, uh, this is the first match with him, and, you know, they're going to be playing for their places, so they're going to put it in. So hopefully we will see a manager bounce, and on that basis, and that basis alone, I am going for three goals to one, because I still think we've got a defensive rick in us. And I think, actually, the other thing, which we didn't talk about earlier, but maybe put it in now, if you um, if you read or heard the uh, the the pronouncements from Potter today in the media, he wants to play aggressive attacking football, you know. So basically, he wants to play like Tuchel did, but with more attacking flair. Now, I mean, I know we attacked all the time under Tuchel. What we didn't do was finish. So you know, we the same rules apply. Tuchel couldn't Tuchel couldn't <laughs> score the goals for them. He set them up to to play aggressively and attacking, and that's what they did. My worry is is that like so many before him, he might get us clicking up front, but not, you know, at the, at the, at the expense of the back, because that's what's always... Either, either we're tight as a gnat's chuff, 
and can't score a goal, or we're all over them like a shop scoring for fun and leaking the same number of goals like we did with Frank. It'll be 4-3 rather than 4-0. Or 4-4-3, four, four, maybe. Yes, yeah, 4 Clever, clever, yeah. Who knows? I mean, I, that's my fear, is that he won't be able... He, he, you know, he either shores the defence up at the expense of the attack or he lets the attack free at the expense of the defence. So... I don't, you know, who knows? Who knows? I'm going to go 3-1. I'm going to stick to that. If you think about what Brighton do, they're a big pressing team and they always put make people feel uncomfortable. When we played them and we won 2-1 with Zayek's goals when we were up there last, it was, we were we were really on the back foot all the way through. They're very, very on top of you. And I don't quite understand why Tuchel stopped playing that way because we did that, played that way against Spurs, completely dominated them. Brighton consistently tried to play that way. If he gets them playing that way as whether it just knackers them all, then you then have to have a big turnover of players. I don't know. But this constant stopping play- teams from playing seemed to me to be his his uh, trademark. So if he gets people to do that and can get Obama Yang working or somebody working up there, uh, I agree with you completely. They're top players. Uh, they but they they'll and it just needs to work for them. And if it may be that this is what is required, is this new new broom sweeping clean here? We we may end up with a with a good run of victories, which will really put the media to uh, um, uh, put their their tools of hatred down towards us. It will indeed. I don't I don't, I don't think they necessarily will, J.K. Because what I've, I found fascinating in the last week about Graham Potter is the very media has been saying for ages a manager like Graham Potter should be given the chance by a top six side. And we're that top six side that has given Graham Potter the chance. And all of a sudden, oh, no, Graham Potter is going to get ruined by Chelsea. Yeah, you're but damned if you do. You're damned if you don't. Yeah, but also, yeah. it's any any team in the top six other than Chelsea. Other than, other than Chelsea. Exactly. They hate us. We don't yeah. care. Right. Um, we're going to go to part three in a minute, which is uh, where we got lots of emails from you lot, which are fantastic. But before that, our usual quick plug for... The Chelsea pitch owners, if you want to have a share in the freehold of the stadium, which protects it from being sold to a property developer, then make sure you get a share in the CPO. Uh, they're about 110 quid for an electronic one, about 175 quid for a frame share signed by a Chelsea player. Go to the website, the Chelsea website, search for the pitch owners, Chelsea pitch owners. And of course, you can join the Supporters Trust as well, the Chelsea Supporters Trust. Mark and I are both on it. Um, and membership costs just £5 per annum per year. Uh, and that means you're entitled to have a say on all of the key issues that affect supporters. So, you know, things in the past like the European Super League, ticket prices, kickoff times, many other uh, very important issues. And uh, we have a voice at the club. They, uh, they, In fact, we have, we've got a meeting with the, the bigwigs at Chelsea, I think, uh, on the 28th, I believe. So uh, we get a chance to, to really, you know, share your uh, f- uh, concerns and fears. So it's it's a useful thing to be a member of. Uh, we also have many meetings which you can attend and you can vote in the elections and put forward motions at the AGM. And funnily enough, uh, there is an AGM coming up very soon on the 24th of September, which will be held at Stamford Bridge. Uh, if you're a member, you can come along and uh, you'll get a notice of that in an email. And uh, as I said, we'll have our elections after that. Uh, so uh, go and vote in those. And of course, if you've got any ideas about things you want to happen at the club, you can put them forward as a motion and we get to vote on that and decide whether it becomes part of the Chelsea Supporters Trust policy. And apart from all of that, you get a lovely, shiny Supporters Trust badge. So go to ChelseaSupportersTrust.com and sign up today. We'll be back in a second. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? 
Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Cheech. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Ah, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy, I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I am, of course, Stamford Chidge, and I'm joined, as ever, by the delightful Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Hey, up. Hey, up, lad. Are you drinking a cup of Yorkshire tea? Ah, uh, Yorkshire tea with some rice milk in it. Yes, indeed. With frothy whippet in there as well. Um, lovely. How did you know that? I've oh, just been dicing him. I can smell it from here. He's called frothy. Well, he was. He was. Anyway, good to have Jonathan as always. And we've also got the brilliant Mark Mead. There you go. Surely we're not playing Leeds United on Wednesday no, when he's talking God. about York, Yorkshire oh, no. team. Well, that, that really bit us <laughs> severely on the arse, didn't it? Like it's a whip it would, bastard. in fact. Yeah. Bastards. Bastards. <laughs> Bastards. <laughs> so there's no, there's no doe a deer a female deer being sung tonight then. No, yeah. no, Just no. as precaution. Yeah. Was it, did you, no, I was thinking supercalifragilisticexpialidocious was actually... Uh, Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins, wasn't it? Well, that one, that's when we play West Ham because you can do your Dick Van Dyke impersonation. Yeah, yeah. well, I, you know, are alive with the Hounds of Munich. Do you remember oh, that? Oh, yeah, I do, I do. Uh, well, I mean, you know, Potter. You know, if if he's not shouting from the bench, Expelliarmus, then I I want to know what's what's wrong. You know, it's it's just not going to be working for me. Anyway, we've got we've got loads of emails to read out, so I shall shut up now because there's a lot to get through. And the first one is from Liam Davidson, Jonathan. Liam Davidson. Greetings, Chidge, JK and the gang. Well, the gang is the great brain of Stamford Bridge, Mr. Mark Meehan. Uh, It's always a pleasure to hear your thoughts and views on the club. Thank you very much indeed. You all have a habit of simply telling it like it is. That's how I like it. Always there to please, Liam. I've been an occasional listener. I'm sorry. 
for a couple of years now, but I've never had the time to really keep up. Well, why not? Get a grip, get a grip, man. I've recently moved at a change of scenery in the country, to the countryside. As such, my longer commute now gives me ample time to listen to your podcasts. Well, that's absolutely as it should be. My partner has noted I seem to enjoy my dr drive to, to and from work some days. She's not wrong. I'm lucky enough to have a father that supports Chelsea. He's told me that when they came to Australia from Scotland, there wasn't much Scottish football to be viewed. There was some English, however. It was the 1970 FA Cup final that turned him into a blue. <laughs> yes, all that having people's heads kicked in. I loved it. He influenced myself and my younger brother. My older brother, however, had a thing for Alan Shearer. I don't think we need to go into that, Liam, thanks. And chose instead to support Newcastle. What a dirty player Shearer was. That never comes out, does it? What a nasty piece of work he was. Oh, my goodness. Despite being a wonderful striker. It has been a right laugh for many years now, watching his misery. Good, yeah. Growing up in Australia, I never saw many Chelsea supporters around. I remember training in my kit with Desai on the back, surrounded by Manchester United or Liverpool kits. The fan base then exploded here around the late 2000s. I spent much of my late teens and early 20s at the Rosemont Hotel in Adelaide, watching the Blues play with a great group of supporters. Then, though I lost contact with most, I'm sure some of them will listen to the fan cast. I hope so. In my 30s Chris, now, I became... Chris, Chris Larwood from the uh, Austra Adelaide Blues, I think you'll find. The lovely ah. Chris Larwood, been listening ah. to us from the word go. Lovely Good. bloke. Hello, Chris. I know you're listening. In my 30s now, I became a father myself last year. Congratulations. I've traded watching from the pub and drinking silly amounts for watching from my couch and messaging my frustrations over our performances to my father and probably drinking silly amounts. I've got my 15-month-old, my 15-month-old kicking a mini Chelsea football and his favourite teddy is Stamford the Lion, who, of course, I, I have been in a previous existence. His mum doesn't quite get football. This is something like my life entirely or why I try to influence it. But to me, it's about the endless emotions it brings. I hope he too can find the love that it's brought me for so many years. When I think about Drogba in Munich, I still get goosebumps. The nostalgia I feel when I think about the days of JT and Lampard or Zola and Jimmy Floyd. Even the anger I felt at the appointment of Rafa Benitez or the frustration at watching obviously biased referees punish Chelsea for merely existing. We're all on the same page here, mate. I want my son to experience these types of things. Times are tough right now. Losses to dirty Leeds and Southampton. I woke up to another loss to some Croatian <laughs> farmers overnight. Yes, people are losing confidence in Tuchel and the players. I could rant about how Tuchel should try a 4-3-3 or drop Havertz and Jorginho as everyone else does lately. But I, for one, think we need to have some faith in yeah. Tommy. Liam G. wrote this before the sacking, obviously. Absolutely. And let him try to build something. He won us the Champions League after all. He has success in him. We've seen it. As for the players, a couple can fuck right off. Looking at you, Captain America and Hakim Ziyech. We've been through tougher times and this too shall pass. For now, relish in the smaller things. Like that we have players such as Rhys James. What a delight it is watching the lad grow to become the best wing-back about. Yes, what a phenomenal player he is. Or the fact we're still the only club in London with the Champions League trophy. Carry on with a fantastic podcast. Keep the faith and up the Chelsea. All the best, Liam. 
echoing a lot of what we believe there, Liam. Yeah. Echoing. And a bit about Tommy at the end. I've slightly choked myself there. Yeah, yeah. Great stuff, Liam. Lovely to hear from you too, mate. I'm glad you enjoy the show. Thank you for saying so. Right, this is from uh, from JP McCrate. Now, JP was um, very much uh, around when we started the podcast, actually, and I used to see him in the pubs a lot. And a very fine gentleman he is. And uh, I haven't seen him for a while at the games, but uh, it's good to hear that he's still still doing all right. So he says, Dear Stanford, cheers, Jonathan Kidd, and the excellent guests. Or in this case, guest. I would like to first start to give you all approbation by just how much I really enjoy the podcast. I've been through the highs and lows of the of the Chelsea football fancast, from the good old days of Martin not having the mics on and finding out near the end, to the fancast TV shows, and then revisitation of the podcast. The quality of this show is nothing short of amazing work, and I really have nothing but high praise for Chidge for the amazing work he does. I'm not reading this one out because I do. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I never read these before I go on air. You know that. That's my no, no I know. Rule. I know. So, but I, I'm happy to agree with that well, and just say, yeah, yeah. It's very kind of you to, to do that. Anyway, uh, the format is really well constructed and really love the in-the-pub feel. The quality of the discussion points from players to club matters are always constructive and high value of opinions. Uh, the, 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 the highs and the lows, the highs and the lows, it always feels like you have that arm over your shoulder and shared experience. Like you were there. A very favourable moment was the story of Marco Worrell's mate who blagged his way into the Champions League final by making a fake pass. Always tickles me when remembered. This show... And uh, more so, the presenters make it feel like something that cannot be missed and an integral part of my life. Thank you very, very much. Thank you, JP. Lovely to hear from you, as I said. Unfortunately, the news of Tommy Tuchel's imminent demise is also why I've plucked up some reason to write in. More so to vent the frustration. I suspect that you may have a very polarising poll on this matter on the email front, and personal opinions are just that, personal to your feelings. I find the sacking utterly ludicrous, if honest. There's no doubt that Tommy Tuchel is an amazing manager of high profile, but how on earth can you sack a manager after splurging £100 million plus and give him all the players he wants, and then not give him any time to allow that project to work? As Chidge recently reminded us, this man was given a very awkward situation of, of a government embargo and also huge internal changes. It just makes no sense. Yes, the results have been disappointing. And yes, I foresee that there has to be a point of when is enough enough. But I really don't see that this was the point for the club to do this. This man should have been given time to allow his team to bed in and get his team clicking. I've not enjoyed the journey the club has taken so far. I don't personally like the American redress feel of the club's direction. The -the over-the-top contract lengths and the commercial rebound brand. It's only a matter of time before we see huge half-time performances and such seeping into our... (coughs) Excuse me, hang on. (coughs) Excuse me. Bob Fleming into our game. Now, uh, give me an ex-player club legend any time. I'd even prefer to see JK's former past of the Stamford uh, the lion walking around there you go you you, you better you ready for a, a reprise JK uh yeah I'd love it I'd love it yeah I'd, 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 they, they have a they have a, a minder now goes around with them just in case they get um set upon yeah. so and I think they're only have to do restricted walk around the touchline you know because at my time there I ran into the center circle and waved everybody got a ball kicked into the net and ran up and down the field and gave everybody high fives I was a novelty though whereas now not much of a novelty having a, a costumed lion wandering about. You know? yeah, you, and then you, and then the steward threw you out. 
Yeah, immediately. Yeah. Jonathan, you remain a novelty. That that is for sure. Uh, anyway, back to JP. My whole point is, I mean, I'm in, I am emotionally disappointed with this. I would have thought the demise of Frank Lampard would have been the last. How foolish I was to hope this. I now just feel very detached further by this lunacy. I will not allow my emotions to get the better of me, and of course I will watch the games, but it's another part of the football fan that dies in the faith that the game is just evolving into something that is heartless and money-driven. It feels more FIFA fanboys game lately, and unfortunately it's being more accepted with the newer generation. By the time this message may be read, we will have appointed Potitino, and I will be signing, sighing in disbelief as we have, further, as we have a further topsy-turvy season of up-and-down results or that we win the Champions League. This is the usual backcrap lunacy we go through. <laughs> I love you all, and I love the show. Thanks for allowing me to vent my frustrations. Up the juice! Kind regards, JP. JP, I mean, mate, I can't tell you how lovely it is to hear from you, and uh, I would love to have the opportunity to buy you a pint sometime in a pub local to Stamford Bridge if you're ever up that way. Just let me know. You know where I am. Give me a shout. It'd be lovely to meet up with you. There you go. Great email, JK. Excellent stuff, yeah, yeah. And luckily, it's not Potitino, as he puts calls him Potitino. Um, this is from Theo Stankulescu. Hi, Chidge. Susanna's actor friend. Thank you. For <laughs> I love it. Thank you. He's obviously heard the, the fifty years and the gang, uh, and that he's given a translation at the bottom. Hey, oh, no, Chidge. I, I think actually, I just didn't take out last week's introduction. Actually, ah. So it wasn't Susanna's act of friend. Hey, JK and the gang. Oh, okay. That was so last he week. He didn't listen to the uh, 50 years then. No, no, that so. was last week's email. Yeah, no, I'm deflated now. Okay. Sorry, mate, my fault. My okay, fault. I'll, start, I'll start again. This is from Theo Stankulescu. Hey, Chidge, JK and the gang. Just a quick one after the shocking news. Or is it all that shocking after how the season started? I'm stunned, disappointed, angry and confused all at the same time. What a spiral of emotions to have to deal with. One of the worst things I keep thinking about is how we can spend 280 odd million pounds on new players that TT wanted. Well, we're not even sure he did. And especially players like Bamayang, it's definitely wanted him, days before TT gets sacked to just say goodbye to all the planning. It's just mind boggling. I grieved hardcore when Frankie was sacked. I remember it well because for one, it was a public holiday here in Oz, Australia Day, and your podcast helped me grieve through it. During that podcast, Chidge, you, you donned Tommy Thomas two shits because we shouldn't shouldn't give two shits about him because in the back of our minds this was likely to going to be an 18 month relationship well surprise surprise new owners same fucking leopard spots <laughs> as we were saying earlier I always thought that when Boley took over people like Petacek leaving that quickly was really odd very good point very good point Cleo now given what has happened maybe it makes more sense maybe Petter had some foresight how this club is going to be run thoughts Love you guys. Keep the blue flag flying high. That was difficult to type this time. Kind regards, Theo Stankulescu. Um, great. Yeah, but that the better check thing is really relevant. We have, we have we've overlooked that, haven't we? We, we? we have, we have. Yeah. You know, maybe he did get out because he thought, oh, bloody hell, I'm not working for these clowns. Yeah, you wonder because they didn't they didn't um, ask him to go. They just asked the no. other two, to go, Bruce and uh, Marina. Um, Marina. Yeah. No, I think they wanted Marina. Bruce, they wanted out. Marina, they wanted to stay, but she didn't feel Yeah, they, she could. They, want, they wanted to keep Marina, they wanted to keep Czech, but both voted with their feet. That's interesting. I think probably they were going to say perhaps they were offered stuff by, by um, Roman because he was very much their boss, wasn't he? Mm. And they, she, she's, she speaks Russian as well, so does yeah. um, 
years and, and Bruce Buck had, had um, represented him on all those court cases. So perhaps perhaps they're working for the Abramovich uh, um, machine now. You know, Maybe. Know. who knows? I mean, I think that's a really good point, Mark, about us overlooking why Czech left so quickly. Uh, yeah, food for thought. And that could have impacted on Tuchel because, again, if you think Tuchel's been through a lot, yeah, you know, he's been through that voice piece of the club during the whole, you know, U Ukrainian sanction situation when other people went went into hiding. You've got, you know, the breakdown of his marriage, so he's he's separated from his wife. He's probably not seen his kids frequently, so he's got all this going on. He's probably had uh, a big ally and friend in Peter Czech loses that. So there's there's a lot of turmoil and destabilisation with Tommy Tuchel as well. So he's, he's probably had a lot to deal with. So I'm not saying it's right because it's, you know, it's still a shocking decision. But in the long run, you know, he might sort of thank Chelsea in a year's time. He might get his sanity back. You know, yeah. he might get his mojo back as well. Yeah, well, uh, he'll get it back for somebody else and we will rue it. Uh, oh, we will. Oh, yeah. Mark my words. Right. Talking of Marks, uh, we've got one I've just been talking to. And here's an email from a Mark, a Mark Smith. Uh, not Mark for a segue? Yeah. Brilliant. Not, not Mark E. Smith, but Mark Smith. Uh, he says, hi, Chidge, Jonathan, and this week's other talking heads. Uh, so are you, uh, who are you then? Are you David Byrne or um, Tina Weymouth or Chris Can I be France? Tina? Can I be Tina? Yeah, I knew you'd say that. Just because you want to wear... Because I could do... It's because you want to wear a dress, mate. Yeah, and I could do the, uh, the the Rapping Hood song she did. What was it called? Um, words are good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, words are good, words are evil. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, you finished now? No, you carried on with me. You joined him No, I didn't mean it like that. I wasn't trying to shut you up. I just, I meant, has your kind of, you know, a temporary drift into insanity kind of finished that's what i was talking yeah, about uh, yes thank you okay all right just just checking uh right so many times so many times i have come close to emailing and then thought better of it but the sacking of tuchel has tipped me over the edge for various reasons you're not alone there mark as J jk can testify i was still trying to come to terms with our loss against dynamo zgrab dynamo zigzag zebra i'll just call them zebra dynamo zebra when my son texted me the news of tuchel sacking as I was driving, I could not respond and equally could not process the news. I guess like many, I thought the days of shock sackings were behind us. <laughs> with the transfer window behind us, I thought we could get on with normal ups and downs of football. But no, fresh from controversy over the Hammers disallowed goal, which was a, a match official failing, not the fault of Chelsea Football Club. Although you wouldn't believe it from some in the media, we find ourselves in the media spotlight again. The media's overreaction to a 1-0 loss away, so pleasingly... Now overshadowed by Liverpool's result, there followed cries of same old Chelsea at the news of the sacking, despite it not really being the same old Chelsea given the change in ownership and few of those, if any, that had been running the club in Roman's absence. Jamie uh, Carragher even suggested Roman was still pulling the strings, for goodness sake. But he's not very bright, Mark, so that would explain that one. I like the fact he's spelt Kakragger here. Oh, he has. Kakragger. I, yeah. I couldn't pronounce that, so I bottled out, but well done. Well... As I type, Graham Potter has left Brighton training ground and seems to be on the verge of becoming our next manager. If, if, if it's so, fine. I will, as usual, be following my club and be behind them. And I hope I, uh, I, I hope I hope I have um, uh, I hope, as I have many times before hoped, he is given time. Thank you, Thomas. It's been fun while it lasted. On a separate note, 
I don't recall anyone pointing out the obvious reason that Cucurella's hair pull was not given as a foul. Uh, was because neither oh yes was because neither Anthony Taylor or Mike Dean could assimilate to what had happened as neither has hair and haven't had any for a long time up the Chelsea Mark you genius I I cannot believe that I have missed that point about Taylor and Dean because being blessed with lovely flowing locks at my age where most of my mates are bald as a coot I never waste the opportunity to rub that into their faces and I can't believe I missed that point so uh, Fair nah, play. it's not that cheating. There's cheating bastards. They're just useless. They're just yeah, incompetent. Useless. Yeah, incompetent bastards. There you go. Now, this is this is. If I do have a favourite email this week, it is this one. But one thing we haven't discussed, by the way, before I go on to Alex, is um what we thought of from um, Graham Potter's speaking to uh, um the media today. I haven't seen it. Oh, I haven't seen it. He's 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 not got the um. He's not got the charisma of, of Tommy T. Well, who not many people do. Indeed. Perhaps he's not been booked for that. He's not been chosen for the charisma aspect. But, um, you know, he he, he he put some good sentences together. Anyway, Alex Davidson. Hello, Chidge, Kido, Kido, and other members of the inner circle. It's Mark. It's the brain. Um, to say that the Chelsea players downed tools is a gross oversimplification of what led to TT's sacking. So is the accusation that Todd Burley is clueless. I, I'm sorry to interrupt immediately, but I, I don't think many people have said that the players down tools. I, I don't think that happened. I think they were just in a, in a formation and a situation that um, uh, they didn't deliberately attempt to say anything. We chidge his arm. Yeah, that, yeah yes. but I, just, just to clarify that, what I said on Friday was that I think some of them have down tools. I mean, people like Pulisic. And, I mean, if ZH hasn't down tools, explain that performance for me. Yeah, but, that's true. Yeah. But I did say, Alex, as you will probably remember, this is nothing new. Players who don't get picked and find themselves on the bench hate the manager because they, they think that they're good enough to be playing. And this is the trouble with football. You've got 25 players and it's impossible to keep them all happy. Footballers are inherently arrogant, inherently selfish, inherently conceited and inherently narcissistic. So it's like dealing with a tot toddler on, on PCP. So, you know, you're not going to keep them all happy. And if they're not playing, they're not going to be happy. So the troublemakers tend to be the ones who are not playing. So I think you can level that accusation at them. But I, I agree with you. I don't th- I, it, I, Look, I'll tell you what I agree with. I agree completely that it's an oversimplification just to say that. And I don't think we did, to be fair. Anyway, carry on. Winning the uh, the UCL, divert our, the Champions League, diverted our attention from a number of issues. Number one, TT repeatedly calling out players' deficiencies in public was just plain wrong. His treatment of CHO is an object lesson on how not to manage an employee, football player or otherwise. I would debate that. I shall do so afterwards. Number two, TT clearly had favourites. I would debate that. I will do so afterwards. Number three, TT didn't actually make anyone a better player. Same weakness as Jose. Funny how both wear out their welcome in about two years. I would uh, debate that and I will afterwards. TT failed to figure out that other coaches had twigged how to stop his version of Chelsea. He never adapted. Kept on playing the slow, endless passing possession game. Horrible to watch and I think frustrating for the players. Uh, Ditto. His tenure was ultimately very wasteful of talent and has set Chelsea back. Look at the players that are allowed to leave that could be helping CFC right now. Tammy Abraham, Olivier Giroud, Fikayo Tomori, Kurt Zuma, Billy Gilmore and CHO. 
Conversely, the Lukaku buying subsequent mismanagement will be a textbook case of how not to improve your team. I don't agree with that either. Somehow, he thought he would not have to adapt to the new climate under new ownership. That's just naive. Naivety is something we agree about. If the new owners temporarily want you to get more involved in recruitment, just be a team player and do it without publicly grumbling about how your life isn't perfect anymore. My heart fucking bleeds, TT. <laughs> you can see how you might lose the support of the players. Meanwhile, people are taking the piss out of Todd Bowley and saying he's out of his depth. Well, he's brought in Koulibaly, Kukurella, Fafana, Sterling and Aubameyang. In a year's time, with proper coaching and deaf man management, they will all slot in well. Plus, Todd has not said, I'm a genius and I'm going to be my own GM. He's doing it now to fill the void. He spent a shit ton of money for sure, but Potter is going to feel he has the raw materials to create something special at the bridge. TT did many good things. He did a masterful job of being the public face of CFC when the suits retreated to the exits during the transition to new ownership. Very true. And until recently, presented himself as a positive and enthusiastic manager. But I ultimately feel that long term, I would rather watch Potter develop CFC a la Brighton and Hove Albion than continue watching the constipated football that we've been witnessing so far this season. Cheers, Alex. Alex. I think, I mean, mate, I, I told you before the show, I said I think that's brilliantly articulated and brilliantly yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I'd like to disagree with bits of it. No, no, I, I, I don't agree with all of it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but it's, it's it's a good balanced letter as well. He's done, he's done yeah. pros and cons. Yeah, but, I, I think... but, but also, but I, I love the fact yeah. that he's, he's come from an angle that we can debate. It's fantastic. Yeah. You know, I would, I'd agree completely that the, when managers start calling out players' deficiencies, that's absolute rubbish. You shouldn't be doing that. It's just, uh, it, it's an ex it, it, it puts you in a bad spot if you're saying it's not my fault, it's the players, which Frank did, of course. But the, the CHO situation is, um, uh, he never played very well for us since his injury, CHO. And at the moment is playing, um, where's he playing in? For Leipzig, isn't he playing for Leipzig at the moment? Is he... Leverkusen. Leverkusen, sorry. And and he's not playing very well. And um, Oh, he's uh, only had two games, give him a chance. Well, he didn't play very well in the two games, though. I'm no, afraid I've been it. watching. I've been I, watching. I, 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 so have I. I watched the Europa League, <laughs> no, the Champions League game last week, and he created two chances that were both goals and then got disallowed because of VAR. I thought he did okay. Yeah. All right, all right. No yeah. I didn't. Well, anyway, I, I don't think I think, and I did watch Leverkusen last season, so I, I made an extra special effort. Okay, okay. Well, you're the man. I'll speak to you, and I'll, I, 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 <laughs> I defer. I defer to your better knowledge. But I, I don't think he ever... T I, I think, once again, we've got another situation with a player with immense talent, and I don't think he ever exhibited that talent. And I have to say, he was he, he did he did seem to not pick on him, but he he chose him for um, constant frustration on the sideline, didn't he, TT? He was always telling him what to do and telling him to move out of the way. But I, I uh, we may discover that he gets recalled under... under um, Potter, there's always this possibility of not knowing what's going to happen with the low knees with Potter. We haven't talked about that. But you may look at some of these players and think, actually, I quite like that. That'll fit in. Because they get reports all the time about the low knees, all the time. Anyway, TT clearly had favourites. I, 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 I think he had he, the better players. He chose put them in the side. I don't think that's a favourite. I don't think, you know, he can't say that. Pulisic was a favourite and so he played him. He wasn't. He played Silva, played all the time. He was fantastic. Reese played all the time. He was fantastic. Um, Rudiger played all the time. He was fantastic. I don't see what, 
that's not favourites to me. That's just choosing the better players. So I'm not sure that's true. Teacher didn't actually make anyone a better player. Um, I think he made Rudiger a better player. I think Rudiger played. He came out of, of nowhere. He'd been, he hadn't been playing very well under Frank, had he? And Christensen. Um, and, and Chris, yeah, uh, yeah. I, uh, he, he came up for the particularly Champions League. But I think the difficulty. Obviously, there were some mental things going on with with Christensen that we never discovered that, about his, his certain weaknesses he had. Um, Rhys James. And uh, uh, I think Pulisic in his in his Champions League year was completely fantastic. Yeah. And he made that. So whether why it's disintegrated since, whether it's since the injuries, I don't know. Um, failed to figure out that other coaches had twigged how to stop his version of Chelsea never adapted. I don't think he needed to adapt. I think it was just putting the ball in the net. I think we were still dominating and all over teams. Um, it wasn't the slow endless passing possession. It depends on the horrible to watch when the ball doesn't go in the net. And I don't think the players are frustrated by it because they know they've dug in. They they're clued to the fact that there are certain things they mustn't do, which is like give the ball away by shooting aimlessly from the end of the area, edge of the area, and giving the opposition the opportunity to break. So, um, Jonathan, on, the... on, on that, you're right. Yeah. So, if, if there was a portion of blame, so who was at fault then? Was it the players or was it the manager? Oh, sorry, which bit is that? Was our failure to score goals in so many games? So, it's got right. to be the players' fault then. It, mu it must be, yeah. ultimately, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That must be because it, they've set themselves up. This has been I mean, our major gripe. You know, all very well. Yes, all right. They do pass the ball up sideways and left, particularly Jorginho. But he's kind of like a central pivot for doing it. But the chances were there. It's just recently they only had three shots on target, didn't they, in the uh, in the Zagreb game? And you think there's something really that's going dreadfully wrong here. That but was the worst but, but example is, of it. But is there a fear factor with the players as well? And I'll bring it back to um, Callum hudson Adore as well, and even Conor Gallagher as well. Um, with him trying too hard. There's that video of Conor Gallagher and Tuchel's going mad at him for not passing it forward and he's passing it sideways. So is it this fear of failure of the players that they keep passing it sideways and that's exactly what Tuchel doesn't want them to do. He wants them actually to play it forward. Yeah, yeah. That's what I said well, I the other week. Yeah, they've got, they've got the dilemma also that he yeah. also said to them they need to take risks. He said they're not yeah. taking enough risks. They're not, yeah, exactly. The risk they're not playing a forward pass, but then yeah. they lose yeah. the ball and the, the team isn't prepared to deal with the breakaway. So yeah. perhaps, uh, or is that the fear of losing the ball? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's a, it's a very it's a tricky one. Mm. It's um yeah, but because you know, yeah, it's also down to management because if 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 you keep repeating the same thing and the same instruction and nothing changes, then ultimately that's a sign of your impending madness. You know, so sometimes you have to bend to them. I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you a, a quirky example, right, which is close to home. I could um, get pissy with you that you haven't read the running order, which you so gleefully tell me most weeks, and that's not going to get me anywhere. Or I could sweetly, kindly, collaboratively read through it before we start the show. And yeah. we have harmony, peace and light and love throughout the last uh, one hour, 50 minutes. But interestingly, by telling me this now, I will make sure that I read the running order every time before we go on. <laughs> yeah. Because I, you feel won't. I feel I've let you down. You you don't, no, you don't know. In but... fact, it's not working for me. I, mate, mate, I, <laughs> but I should, I should preface that with the fact that I did say before the show... I appreciate how busy you are and you don't have time yes. to read it. And yes. I forget yes. the fact that it's I, I have a day off on a Monday. So my expectation that you should all have read it in infinite detail is bloody stupid. And that's my point about Tuchel. I do think about you writing it, though. 
I do. I was thinking no, about no, you but today. You're busy, man. Chid, you're busy. It's Chid all right. Chid is writing it at this very moment, and I'm not looking at it. No, but it's all right. Don't feel guilty, please. Don't. I'm a bastard. This was what not. This was not intended to be to guilt trip you, you silly ass. You've it was to. It was to point out that. And utterly. It, but it was to point out that was my my deficiency in man management, silly. like Tuchel's was in going. If they're not, if they're, if they're, if they're scared to do what I'm telling them to do, there has to be a reason why. And I think it's because he bollocked them so badly when they did do it wrong. But Chid, you're masking the fact that you did actually, you have mentioned it, so it was near the surface. What? This event. What event? This, this that I haven't read it. The very fact that you've used that as the example speaks volumes, doesn't it, Mark? Well, yeah. I know, but it, also, it, it, yes, but it also comports to what we were talking about before we went on air. And I think it was, I think yeah. that's a really good example. Yes, and but, this fan cast listeners is why Todd Bowley and Thomas Tuchel fell out being replayed. No, 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 not, 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 not. It's not analogous to that at all. My point is, my my point is that I I changed, I bent because sometimes you have to, and people in management often don't understand this. That they just think if you say what you want to happen, you should expect that it should happen because you're the boss. It doesn't work like that. Everything in life, I use the fan cast as a silly example because there is no hierarchy here, really. The bottom line is, though, if you can't, you know, you, you, you cannot expect people to do what you want them to do if you don't actually explain it properly or are prepared to change how you do things. And I think that was perhaps Thomas Tuchel's Achilles heel. He wasn't prepared to change. Like yourself, you were deeply resenting the fact that I hadn't read it. I get pissed off occasionally. Yes, yeah. but, you, but you, but you know, you know, I do because I, I take, I displace my anger from that point, I'm taking it out on me. And the I show, get that. I know, and I, and that's appalling. In the show, and I now understand and why. That, yeah, I'm, and that's and can appalling. I, I apologise for this open, open discussion we're having in front of, on the show, in front of washing me. our dirty linen in public. I apologise. <laughs> I apologise. Mark's for gone my... red. He's embarrassed. <laughs> Mark's laughing his head off. Appalling behaviour. This is theatre. This and is theatre. People, people only listen to it on the bank. <laughs> I'm observing it. Yeah, people that pay good money to observe this. Yeah, this would be a management training course. Oh, yeah, dude. how to manage people. Well, how I to mean, collaborate. How many times how do you get the chance to see both J.K. and me squirm in, in one evening? That's quite. I'm not squirming. You were too. I just squirm. You so were. Yeah, part of squirming here. So mate. Were no, 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 no. Anyway, no, we, I was just we, thinking we, what a good role play it would be. We should we, be role playing. We should. This. I've done that before, actually. I've, I've done that. Oh, I did some acting. I'll show you one day. It's very funny. I'd love to With see a very, you. very pretty, uh, very pretty lady, actually. But anyway, enough about that. Always helps, I find. I know. Yeah. The short film I made last last week, I, everybody was eighteen in cocktail dresses, other than me, obviously. No, oh, come on, I know you were really. And I was really, yeah, and I was wearing my tuxedo, but uh, it was distracting. Let me put it that way. <laughs> anyway, let's um, let's get to number five. Um, TT's tenure was ultimately very wasteful of talent and has set Chelsea back. Look at the players that were allowed to leave that could be helping CFC right now. Tammy Abraham. I never thought he was good enough. Olivier Giroud. Uh, not quick enough for um, for TT, but I think better than Lukaku. So there's a point there. Uh, Fikayo Tomori. Um, he's not playing as well for AC Milan as we would believe. And also... Uh, um, I don't think that was anything to do with him. I think it was Frank, wasn't it? He was um, um, 
uh, this was that was yeah, a well, situation. Yeah, yeah. Tamori fell out with Frank. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Kurt Zuma, um, never good enough for me. Um, you compare him with the substitute, the people who've come in instead was uh, um, much more mobile center 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 backs, but um, particularly the the fact that the silver came in and it shows you how a center half should really play. Billy Gilmore, we've talked about him in depth. Um, I feel that people spent two years uh, ignoring the fact that uh, just because he played well in the Everton game, that somehow that was the benchmark for him. And he's not played well since CHO. We just talked about conversely, the Lukaku buying subsequent mismanagement would be a textbook case. How not to improve your team? Yes. But do we know that he bought him? Um, perhaps it was another Shevchenko uh, or perhaps he thought that he would work harder for the team and he was found wanting. But I think Lukaku must be loving it that he's left now because it's what he was trying to do in the first place. He never wanted um, to come here in the first place, did he? It was very interesting what leaked out this week in the news was that Marina was trying to keep him here. She didn't want to let yeah. him go back to Inter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe it wasn't Tuchel's buy after all. Indeed. Indeed. Well, it, it, you know, a, a kind of a totem signing, a, a trophy signing is absolutely Roman, isn't it? Uh, and, and completely against the the way the manager's playing. That really is a Roman thing. He just wants a a shiny top player who he thinks will 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 solve everything, not realising that in actual fact there's a, a system being played that that this man negates having. You know, the, the very fact that when Aubameyang came, he actually whacked so lyrically about how wonderful he was speedy powerful um goal hunter goal predator uh and not not none of these words was used with Lukaku it was a kind of let's see you know and then it was it's not working so exactly it's not working for me is in fact what I think he he said but there you go right but I mean look Alex I don't agree like Jonathan on all of the points but I think it was brilliantly put and and there's nothing we like better yeah JK's actually applauding and I would applaud too we love a debate and it was so well put um, but you know that's the thing isn't it about football it's a game of opinions that's what makes it what it is uh, right now we've got an email from George Spencer who lives in my manor and one day I will get to a Winchester City match with you George I promise um, right dear Chiz JK and this episode's guest this episode's guest is masquerading under the uh, name of Mr Mark Meehan there you go right I would have been typing this on the train back from Winchester's, Winchester's away match at Yate but it was called off due to current events. I also had a ticket for the Women's Super League match. Hopefully it still goes ahead at the bridge on Sunday. As a result, I had to make do with a rugby match in Farnham. However, at said match, I met Peter uh, Bussey, Bussey, who was the managing director of Chelsea under Ken Bates. I, well, yeah, I was listening to the 1998-99 episode of 50 Years of Chelsea and the bit about the fowler Lasso episode. Of course, the attitudes of the time shaped how it was perceived, but I'm pretty sure that the badges on the shirts played a major role too. There's certainly a strong rumour that football was called off this weekend as the FA couldn't trust a certain club's fans to stay respectful. They should have just warned that there would have been severe consequences if they didn't. It does, however, mean that a certain N. Doris won't have to condemn her fellow copites. Which is another point. that, Mind you, she's no longer the... Uh, Department of Culture me I'm not, I'm not sure if he's still in the position but I take your point George the sacking, sacking of Tuchel is an absolute shambles if you ever watch the Ringo Starr episodes of Thomas the Tank Engine I never missed one George then you'll know that the three big engines had a catchphrase disgraceful disgusting despicable which pretty much sums up my feelings 
I hope those absolute Gareths who were constantly banging the Tuchel out drum, probably even as he lifted the European Cup, get an itch in a very embarrassing area that they can't scratch. However, I hope that Graham Potter does well, and just like his namesake, that the the force is with him. Mixture, mixture, <laughs> doodles there. But I, I get your point, George. Har- Harrison Potter. Harrison Potter. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Is that is that when Severin comes in and says, "Harry, I am your father," <laughs> or something like that? Anyway. Let's Speak- call him Sky- Skywalker Potter from Skywalker now on. Skywalker Potter, yeah. Brilliant. That's brilliant, George. Well done, mate. Uh, speak to you soon when I next think of something to write Rambler. Well, I, I may I, I, keep, keep keep messaging me. Don't give up on me, George. Don't give up on me. I'm as useless as a useless thing and busy as an even busier thing. Uh, but I will get to bloody Winchester City with you and have a pint or two, I promise. All right? I presume you I presume you drink in the King Alfred, which is a cracking pub. So uh, anyway, just keep keep trying. I will make it one day, I promise faithfully. So there you go. Right, last email of the week, JK, from your best mate. Kenroy Justin. Hi, David. That's you, Chid. That's me. Jonathan, that's me. You all right, mate? I am. What a guan. Howdy, partner. And salam alaikum. Salam alaikum, surely, to you. Just a quick word on subject of the day, Tommy the Tuchel. Sad to see him go. I would have given him more time or got rid of him at the start of the summer based on the backstories. But hey, didn't even Bozer have to put his hands up and say, them's the bricks. Tommy showed the same ruthlessness in his tenure towards some players who wanted to stay and were fan favourites. Tammy Abraham, who'd been top scorer for two seasons and the only one putting it in the back of the net, consistently aside from Giroud. Giroud, who scored many big goals. CHO, who played well in position, see his run last year that included Juventus, but got played consistently out of position and got slammed. When you look at the opportunities that Pulisic and Timo got, there was really no reason for CHO's excuse me, treatment. Zuma, who had his flaws but was the best aerial defender in Europe, winning everything in the air and finished the season with some five goals on limited minutes. Billy Gilmore, who Liam confirmed what I suspected. Tuchel thought he was great, but he was discriminated on size. I mean, how many times have the ladies told us that size doesn't matter? But boom, they're, boom. they're lying, Kenroy. They do lie, yeah. They do lie, unfortunately. Yeah. What's a decent size? Six, six inches? I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Christensen, who immediately, admittedly wanted to leave, as was his right to do, but got unduly alienated while still a Chelsea player. Understandably, a manager should be allowed to build a club in his own image, but these players helped to win him the Champions League the season before. Surely they were at least good squad players. Then he bought Lukaku, so not sure how that was in his own image. I guess we can debate these decisions all day, but the point really is to say that's football. It's what it is, Dems de Bricks. Even Frank got less sympathy after he steered us into the Champions League, which allowed Tuchel to win it in the following year. And Frank did so with youngsters on a low budget, a transfer ban, having lost Hazard, Gary Cahill, Louise, and dealing with backroom politics and vulture executives who fought him from day one on subjects like Kepper. We can point to field performance, but apparently Frank's last 15 games and Tuchel's last 15 games produced vastly similar results. To add to that, reading the backstory on Tuchel this summer, I doubt he's even disappointed to be fired. Oh, not true, not true, Kenway. Sounds like he never made an effort to stay. So another reason not to feel at all sorry for the old chap. Good luck to him. 
And that is, and that is why you guys should have stuck to your promise, hard as it was, to not get too attached to managers. Again, he seemed all right. I wish it worked out differently, but all things considered, it seemed this was inevitable. Win or lose, up the blues. First or last, up the fan cast. I love that. That's yeah. good, Chicky. It's good, isn't it? Yeah. We should end Ken every show with that now. Yeah. Kenroy D. Justin. Yeah. yeah. Win or lose, up the blues. First or last, up the fan. Up the fan cast. Yeah. Come on, you blue boys. You, yeah. you should then do it. Yeah, add it on, add it on. I, might, I, might. Um, I, I think, I think, um, I think some of the points, you know, we've sort of discussed, you know, CHO, I think we've discussed in Zuma. All right. Yeah. Great header. But it was the mobility. You see, the problem is, is if Tuka was trying to to make the team in his image and his image did not include um, a, a large centre half who was only good in the air. He wanted somebody whose distribution was better. He wanted somebody whose ability on the ball was better. And um uh, Billy Gilmore similarly didn't fit in. He wanted him to be bigger. So you can't really taller. You can't really um, criticize him for getting rid of players that he didn't want in his team, even though they're decent players. You know, if he doesn't think they fit, he's still sculpting the team in the way that he wants them to be to be a better side. Um, in Giroud, yes, yeah, scored many big goals, lots of them in the in the Europa League. The number of times you didn't score when you stuck him in the Premier League, and also. He, he wasn't mobile enough. You know, Obama, so I keep going back to it. Obama Yang was the type of player we should have bought. He wanted that kind of player. Um, so um, you can come in and find fault with this and it, it reads well. But for me, it's not what um, it, it's not what he's trying to do to shape the side in it, uh, the, to the best style that he wants. So mm, Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I love your emails, Kenroy. Um Oh, they're great. They're yeah. great. They're great. All, all, the, all the emails. Yeah, they are. They've all been great tonight. They've all been fantastic. fantastic. I mean, it's very interesting, actually. He said something similarly on Discord, actually. Kenroy's uh, one of the great people on Discord and on our Discord group. And uh, they were laughing at me for swearing that I wouldn't fall in love with another Chelsea manager again. And, of course, I always end up doing exactly just that. Well, not always, but I, I, I take their point. Uh, falling in love again. What am I to do? I can't help it. And that's kind of me, really. If they win shit... Marlena, there is. she is. Yeah, I know. Uh, she, was she massive, married to that Dietrich uh, massive shits? Maybe not. But, uh, you know, I can't help it because if they go and win shit and they, they look like they, they get us and fall in love with us, it's impossible. I cannot, I cannot resist. Uh, I, I, and I will never learn, Kenroy. That's the reality. If I, if I haven't learned by now, there's no hope for me. But there you go. Right, uh... That's that we're done. That's about it, actually. Um, we're done. Uh, apart from, well, I'll tell you in a minute. But uh, that is all we got time for tonight. Now, um, at the time I wrote this, I wasn't sure if we were going to be back on Friday. I've just decided that uh, even though we can't preview the Chelsea versus Liverpool match, we can certainly talk about the Chelsea versus Salzburg match. And uh, I believe we will have obviously Jonathan and me, but I believe we will have Clayton Beerman and Liam to do that with. So no doubt we can catch up on all sorts of other Potter-esque news as well and see what's going on at that rate. Um, I have a feeling, though, that next Monday's show might well be a doubt, unless I can think of something to do. I mean, I was already planning to do a Q&A over the international weekend. I need to have a think about it, all right? So if we don't do one, you'll know why. There's no football to talk about. I, I suppose on Friday's show, Chidge, you know, as the game's not going ahead now, I still you probably talk about whether it should have gone ahead or not, and the merits of it uh, with a certain club in the northwest of England. Yeah, well, I'm, we can yeah. get into that big time on Friday, can't we? 
Although yeah, I, 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 I just feel sorry for like Paul McAvoy. Yeah, Paul yeah. McAvoy flies over every single yeah. week. Uh, and I know I haven't checked with him on Twitter, but will Paul have bought his flights for, for Sunday's yeah. game now? Of course. Yeah. yeah. Bounty. Yeah. I know. But... And again, I think, if, I think if anything, is that, you know, I don't know who, who's... It's a Premier League decision, isn't it? Yeah, it's not a Chelsea decision. Yeah. So are the Premier League going to refund people? You know, who've paid out train fares or rail rail tickets, you know, hotel accommodation. Of course they're not. But they bloody well should do. Yes, yeah, sorry, I'm I I wasn't ignoring you, but i this is hot off the press. Literally hot off the press. Um you can see it on my phone, maybe. I don't know if you can see that. Can you see that? Not really. No, your your um it's it's phasing out because of the uh, you're on the green screen. Sorry, you. Oh yeah, a... it's it's not easy. Okay, well, um, I've just got a message through from Alex Churchill, uh, and uh, basically, I can now announce that on October the second, Sunday, October the second, the Chelsea Fancast uh, will be doing their first Chelsea Fancast presents, uh, which is basically going to be a whole series of possibly monthly get-togethers in a wonderful pub in Old Brompton Road in Chelsea called The Troubadour. Uh, And we're going to do them between 4pm and 7pm on a Sunday afternoon. Obviously not when Chelsea are playing, obviously. or I mean, if Chelsea play that day, we're not doing them. So it'll be, you know, a weekend when Chelsea are not playing on the Sunday. Um, Yeah, so we're going to be having these events uh, where we hope to get... Uh, an ex-player along and do a bit of a Q&A. Um, but also, if we've played the day before, to have like a little mini fan cast. So the idea is that uh, the ex-player joins me and JK for about 40 minutes and we we do uh, like a mini fan cast, review the game that happened the day before. And then I do a kind of a, an interview stroke Q&A with said player, uh, which will be open and live because the whole point is we want you to come. We want you to come along. There are... Uh, and there are spaces for 50 people at the Troubadour. So it'll be quite small and select. It won't be mobbed out. 50 is a good number. And you'll get to do, you know, ask questions of the ex-player. And then after about an hour, we'll do like a meet and greet. And uh, they can uh, kind of mingle amongst you. And uh, and you can get your stuff signed. Because I know that's what we all like to do. And to kick this all off on October the 2nd. My dear old mate, Kerry Dixon, a living legend, if ever there was one, will be the first ex-player guest we have. So we are presenting, Chelsea Fangos presents an evening with Kerry Dixon. And that's October the 2nd, on Sunday, October the 2nd, 4 o'clock to 7pm at the Troubadour pub in Old Brompton Road. Uh, The salient information is that the tickets are £20, and I think you get them from... Uh, Ticketmaster, but I'm. Oh, hang on, I can confirm that as well. Do you want? Do you want the? Do you want the? Uh, URL? I'll give you this URL, but I'm going to obviously be putting a flyer on Twitter, all the usual places that we put this kind of stuff. So don't worry about about it if you don't get it. But uh, it's uh, www.ticketweb.uk forward slash venue forward slash troubadour hyphen London forward slash four four six eight eight five. But I will be putting that as I said, on a little kind of flyer that we'll put on all of our social media platforms. But it should be great fun. I mean, Kerry, to kick it off, is like a dream come true. He's a very good mate of mine now. He and I have got very close over the last few years. 
and uh, you know he'll be he'll be great fun. He knows us knows me very well, so he'll be great great value because of that. He knows Jonathan too. In fact, I even think he was telling me today when I spoke to him on the phone that he he's he's he, he doesn't do Twitter, but he's actually seen a few of Jonathan's fan bites, kind of oh. circuitously. So he loves all that. So uh, he knows Jonathan. He's done shows with Jonathan as well. So, great, but he's great. He's a great, great personality. Lovely, Kerry. lovely. And, and also, uh, you know, one cannot underestimate his his brilliance as a Chelsea player. No, absolutely not. not. So any questions people have to debate anything with him, he, he comes back with great knowledge as well. Yeah. I think he remembers every one of his goals. Doesn't he does pretty much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. you know. And, and, and he remembers the ones he misses as well. If someone had passed him, he would have scored it. His his memory is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. he's brilliant. He's great value. He says it how it is. He won't say things because he, you know he'll say unpopular things too. So he'll be fascinating to listen to on like a mini fan cast of me, J.K. and Kerry, uh, which we'll do for about forty minutes, and then we'll have an hour's Q and A with uh, Kerry. So you can ask him questions, live audience, yada, yada, yada. And then we'll do the meet and greet and you can meet Kerry, have a chat with him, have a pint with him and uh, sign some stuff. So we'll bring his stuff to sign. So there you go. I am so excited for this. This is the first of many, I hope. We're going to try and get as many kind of ex-players and Chelsea legends to come along once a month and do this monthly. And as I said, it's going to be 50, 50 people. actually not a lot of people. It's pretty select. So uh, I, I kind of like that in a weird sense. So, you know, um, so there we go. 20 quid, get your ticket, hurry up, because they will sell out very, very quickly. I'm telling you now. So you are the first people to know this. Well, actually, you're the second people to know this because I did put a message on Discord group earlier, but it's now going out. They're mixed of people are the second people to hear it. And when you listen to the podcast, you'll be the third. So that means a bit like the virtual waiting room, you need to get your skates on, get a ticket. So there you go. 20 pounds, hurry up. Lovely. I'm so excited about that. You Boys, you, you up for that? Excited for that? Wonderful, yeah. Oh, so so looking forward to it, and yeah. you, know, you know, the possibilities are endless now. So Kerry will be the first, but there's there's so many other ex players we could probably get along to this. You know, yeah. this has got the makings of something special. Once yeah. the momentum is created, it'll and the reputation is there, then we can. It'll be interesting to see who else we can get. It'd be fantastic. Yeah, exactly. Down well, the, we put our years, but I mean, all contemporaries of Kerry were great. Although that was a great sign. You go slightly further into the uh, into the. Um, uh, the Viali setup be great to get a few of those as well. We'll we put our heads together and we will do that. That's for sure. Um, I, I must hurry up and find out how many of you that want to come. And I know I've blurted it out. Uh, I need to make sure I can get a few of you on, you know, the guest list because you shouldn't have to pay as Chelsea fancasters. But anyway, I need to get my skates on. But anyway, people, you've heard it here now. You know what to do. Um, right. OK. And on that point, actually, Patreon, if you want to become if you want to join our Discord group, which is brilliant, great fun, the huge rows and arguments going on all over the time. It's a bit like this show 24-7 with Mixler attached. It's absolutely nuts, but brilliant in a good way. Not like Twitter, which is vile. Uh, so there we go. If you like, want to be part of that, if you uh, want to help us out, support what we do, it'd be lovely. You don't have to. There's no pressure. I love you all equally. But if you want to bung us a few quid every month, uh, then I'm not going to say no. And if you want to do that, you go to patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. And of course, if you want one, I will send you a Kerry Dixon banner, a replica of the one that hangs up in the Matthew Harding end. And as I said, you can join the Discord group. Uh, loved your emails tonight. Keep them coming. We absolutely love them. Send them to chelseafancast at gmail.com or any of our social media platforms and they'll get read. It's that simple. You can follow the show on all of the social media at Chelsea Fancast. Me at Stanford Chidge, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd and Mark at Eddie Mac B-A-W-A. So there you go. Mark, Brilliant to see you. Looking forward to the Kerry thing like you are. Looking forward to seeing you again. I'm not going to go to football for ages. It's pissing me off, but there you go. 
I'm, I'm trying to work out when I'll see you next then, because will, Wolves, will, will you be? No, I'm, I'm not going to be there for Wolves. Oh, I'm going to be in Ireland. Oh, right, right, right. We go, we, there's six of us going over to Ireland. This is a premature birthday celebration for me. Uh, and uh, that wonderful gentleman who you've had on the show, Andy Cairns, um, his band of therapy are playing in Limerick. Um, so there's six of us going, and Andy sorted his out tickets for the show. Brilliant. Yeah, so, Brilliant. So uh, uh, a weekend in Dub a weekend in Limerick, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Looking forward to it. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm missing the Wolves game. Yeah. That's a shame. I'll see you for yeah. United then. That's the next one after that, isn't it? Uh, it'll be United. United. Yeah. yeah, tearing oh. Chelsea apart again. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Ooh. All right, mate. Lovely to see you. Well done. Brilliant stuff as always. And as for you, Mister Kid. As sorry, for you, you know, I was about to say you were brilliant all night. Actually, I've really enjoyed. I've, re I've really enjoyed the show tonight. It's been hilarious, loopy as always. I never realised all this oh, you time. You don't, don't. Now you're gonna. You see, I'm. I'm not guilt tripping you, and now you're guilt tripping me. This is. I've said. Yeah. I'm. Yeah. I'm now going to feel guilty for. And exactly. I did the right. I did the right thing. I was. Just, I was exactly. nice and good about. Well, it. I wouldn't say it was the right thing, was it, Mark? I mean, come on. <laughs> Um, <laughs> no, well, I could have been my usual cantankerous arsehole and bald. Yeah, that's you. true. That's true. And I've now realised the reason for it. All these years, I didn't realise it was that. What a fool! More fool me. Yes, oh, you know. Well. With my anyway, psychotherapeutic, Mark, it's, been nice. it's been nice. That's oh, been great. I think, I, I think the litmus test will be. Yeah. The next time JK's on the show, yeah, you test him on the scriptage. No, I wouldn't be so cruel. I wouldn't. Look, I, I wouldn't read the awful waffle I write anyway. I don't, I don't, I don't blame him. I do. I, I always read the notes beforehand. Yeah. A piece of knowledge. At a quarter two, I was reading a bedtime story to my six-year-old daughter. Yeah, I know. I know. And it, so it was very difficult for me to, because yeah. I, I could have done it then. I know. You yeah. are busy, which is why me running through it just before we go on air is a much better way and, to do it. Hey, I love it. I love it. But right. having said that, though, when you ran through it, there was nothing new. You know, we didn't go, God, I didn't know we were going to be discussing that. I know. Well, I'm not exactly original, am I? Well, no, it's not a question of originality. It's just, it's, you know, the events unfolding. Nah, well, right? it, we are, we're here to cover what happens, not invent what happens. That's true. That's true. It's the, that's the, not, that makes sense now when you go, when you go, Tetchley, uh, yes, we're getting on to that. Yes, yes, in a minute. Yes, don't, yeah, stop that. Yeah, I get it now. I get it. Exactly. Because it's there in the script. It's a narrative I'm, arc. I'm a bastard. It's a narrative arc, mate. As a writer, okay. you will appreciate that. I know. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Anyway, we've outlived our welcome, so we better go. But J we have. We JK, yeah, you've been yeah, brilliant as always, it. mate. And I look Probably. forward. Look for, well, look, both of you two boys, by the way, enjoy Salzburg on Wednesday. Um, I can't can't be there. I, I can't do Champions League matches this season because work prohibits it. I'm it work, yes, yeah. yes, which yes. is a real shame. Uh, but anyway, you two enjoy it on my behalf. I know you will, and uh, I look forward to talking to you about it on Friday, J.K. And I look forward to seeing Mark sometime soon. So there you go. Uh, as for you, Lottie Mixler, always brilliant to have you with us as well for the journey. Great fun too. Thanks for listening. See you Friday. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chills. Up the chills. First or last, up the It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? 
At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com.